0: This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by Sawin Novelty Company. Capitalizing off of human tragedy by making latex masks of real spree killers since 1978. Under the, with the gobbles, and what knows? Come at the grand light, making a scent. The smell of death is on the And when the cold wind blows, no one cares, knows. Hello, my name is Chris.
1: My name is Kelsey.
0: And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And it's Halloween on Pod Cemetery, and you know what that means. We're watching Halloween Movies with 1989's Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. This is our fifth Halloween we're doing this.
1: Yep, four years.
0: And it just so happens to coincide with the release of 2021's Halloween Kills, the newest entry in the franchise. Getting right into our first movie, Halloween 5, directed by Dominique Othenin girard no, I'm, it's French name, no idea how you're supposed to pronounce that. Based on characters created by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, written by Michael Jacobs, Dominique othenin girard and Shem Bitterman, starring Donald Pleasance, Danielle Harris, Ellie Cornell, and Wendy Foxworth. Uh, also, Don Shanks, playing Michael Myers. He was the fisherman in I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. The The, the evil ghost- Vengeance spirit.
1: He's not a spirit. (laughs)
0: He is. He's a ghost. That's in the third one. Yeah, that's all always know.
1: Oh, he's in I'll always know.
0: Yes. uh Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, He's also the Santa that climbs in through the window in Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, when we get a couple of different Santas. Yeah. Uh, And he is Jason Longshadow in Sweet 16. Do you remember the Native American guy in Sweet 16?
1: Oh, my God, really? Yeah, uh-huh. He's he's Michael in this uh-huh. movie? Uh-huh,
0: he's the first one who's not white, I think, to play Michael.
1: Yeah, and they also decided not to make his eye all messed up.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they weren't expecting you to see it, I don't think. They had a prosthetic that they originally made for that moment. Sorry, when she takes his mask off later on, I know the moment you're talking about, but they had a prosthetic made and they decided just to keep it in the dark like you wouldn't be able to see it.
1: Oh, I could tell.
0: But, you know, in the re-releases, things are more high definition. We can see all the colors like it's a lot easier to tell that he had no makeup on. Mm -hmm. It's like seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger's penis in The Terminator. You know what I mean? (laughs) What is the revenge of Michael Myers all about?
1: One year after Four, the happenings of Four, he apparently wakes up from a coma. It's
0: really unclear and dumb. He survives the end when they fill him full of bullets and he falls down some hole which collapses in on him. That was the end of Four. But go ahead. He survives that.
1: Yeah, so a year later, he wakes up and his niece who apparently did not kill her stepmother. Nope, retcon. Rather Rather, uh, just stabbed her.
0: Apparently Donald Pleasence was very unhappy with this. Really? You notice how aggressive he acts towards her in this movie? Yeah. Apparently that's a holdover from when she originally did kill her mom and she was going to be sort of this possessed villainous character. And they sort of like were like, eh, let's not do that after all. Uh, especially since they didn't think, I think the producers didn't think that it would be very compelling to watch this little girl, like she wouldn't be very threatening. So they're just like, nah, let's just go back to Michael Myers. She didn't kill her mom. She's not actually possessed. They just have some sort of mental connection. Like they really backpedal a lot of what happens at the end of number four. They
1: certainly do. Uh But the way they filmed it was seamless, I'd say.
0: Yes, I'd agree. But anyway, he's back. He wakes up and he comes back.
1: Yeah, so now he's after his niece, who is now mute.
0: The movie is available with subscriptions to Fubo TV, AMC+, DirecTV, and Shudder, which is where we watched it. You can rent it for $4 on Apple, Amazon, Vudu, and DirecTV, or buy it for $10 on those same services, except it's $11 on DirecTV for some reason. Should people watch... Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers.
1: Only if you have been a fan of the entire series up to this point.
0: Right. If you saw 4 and you want to know what happens next still, then yeah, sure. Yes. Watch this. C5. Yeah. It's more of that.
1: Yes. But stop after this.
0: Yeah. They're going to start introducing things in this one that, again, they panicked about and scaled back in this movie. Oh, man, they're going to explore it in number six.
1: Oh, yeah. Terribly. (laughs) I wrote, don't be fooled by the man in black. He is not cool. No.
0: You can take our advice or leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 1989's Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Help me, help me, no! We both know he's alive. But you know where.
1: Halloween 5, this time they're ready, this time he's unmasked, and this time he's back with
0: a vengeance. Halloween 5, the revenge of Michael Myers. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Halloween 5 begin?
1: With someone cutting open a pumpkin.
0: Yes, this is the intro segment
1: mm-hmm. Let's just remember what the previous ones were
0: Alright, walk us through it the,
1: the first one is just the amazing music with the pumpkin zooming in
0: Yeah, uh-huh Long, long zoom, yeah, uh-huh
1: The second one is a faster version of the music
0: Because, well, yeah, no, and it, it's a different instrumentation, too It's a different keyboard But then what happens to the pumpkin?
1: It opens up to reveal a skull inside. It's
0: like an escalation.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Three is a pumpkin made out of technology.
0: Yeah, it's on this orange and black screen. And it's just a bunch of lines being drawn to be this really, really rudimentary computer pumpkin. Mm -hmm. And then four just said, fuck it. It fucking doesn't have one. (laughs) We just get these establishing shots with the credits over the top of it. Yep. It doesn't have an intro segment. It sucks. Yeah.
1: So I was happy that they at least returned here to a pumpkin.
0: Yes. But it is sort of like happening in real life. It's a human being using a knife to stab a pumpkin a bunch.
1: Yeah. And it's like. Destroying it. (laughs)
0: Right. So it's not like the first ones where it's just an examination of a pumpkin. It's sort of ethereal. It's not really taking place in the real world. This sort of is.
1: So, as we said, we get to see the end of four again. Played out here, but then we get to new information.
0: And and like you say, really kind of seamless. Yeah. I think they did a really good job of going from, like, if they're going to retcon it, where he fell into a mine and then dragged himself to a creek. And then he was picked up by some rando and nursed back to health and kept in a coma for a year. All of that, from the ending of four to the end of that, is treated sort of like one continuous moment. Mm -hmm. And I think they do a pretty good job of that. Yes. If you're going to retcon it, good job. Is it
1: very odd watching Michael maneuver the river? Yes. (laughs) A little. (laughs) Drag
0: himself with his arms, get to the front door, attack the guy who answers and then immediately collapse on the ground. Yeah. He's sort of pathetic in a way here.
1: It's so fucking weird. There's no explanation Of how this guy has been keeping him alive. For
0: a year.
1: For a year. Because he lives in like the fucking backwoods with a Uh parrot. Yep. How on earth did he take care of Michael? Why did he take care of Michael?
0: Good old fashioned country medicine. It's weird. But yes, this is yet another horror sequel where they just show the whole ass end of the previous entry to be like, oh, remember, this is what happened. But at least I wrote down, at least this one elegantly incorporates the new content, instead of just being a refresher.
1: Yes. But anyway, so he wakes up a year later, and I guess Jamie is living at a clinic now?
0: Yeah, for some, I guess, special needs children. Children that need medical observation.
1: But she is constantly visited... By her stepsister. Not sure about the step parents. We don't see them at all.
0: No, we don't see them at all. They're away camping They're on a in the trip. woods yeah. or something like that. We see Rachel and her best friend Tina visit a lot. Yes. As does Donald Pleasance.
1: Yes. But mostly to terrorize, <laughs> to terrorize the little her. girl. Why won't you just. Speak words! <laughs> Tell me where he is! Uh, but seriously, she never tells him. And it's no. it's just like, why? <laughs>
0: but, you know, she's mute for a reason. Just but shouting at her isn't going to help. No, he- you're right. She doesn't even write it down.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: The point is, he knows she has a mental connection. And even though she's fine, she's mentally stable, I guess you can say, now. And she didn't actually kill... Her mom, he knows that, yes, you do have a connection to him. You know where he is. You know what happened to him. Tell me. Sure enough, she gets like flashes, especially when he kills somebody.
1: Also, I'm sure we brought this up before, but, you know, it is very funny that this town really does a good job of adopting its, its ones that are affected by Michael Myers because... Remember that Lori was adopted just down the street. Yeah. And here we have Jamie pretty much adopted down the street as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so fucking convoluted how everything's related. doesn't really matter. You just need to know that she is dead Lori's daughter.
1: Jamie wakes up having a nightmare of when she stabbed her stepmom. Yeah, this is where we learn that she is now mute, but it's just a it's a choice.
0: Well, it's not a choice. Well,
1: from trauma. But
0: yes, it is. It it's something going on. There's in nothing her wrong brain. with her vocal cords. There's nothing cords. physically wrong with her. Yes.
1: And I immediately wrote down why is not Michael's eye all fucked up? Because he takes his mask off pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Or we when he see wakes it up,
0: off, he puts the mask on yeah. when he wakes up, and so he like sits up or whatever, and you see his face and. We should say that when he's lying on the table here, we see the thorn tattoo. This will only be important in the next movie. But they introduce it here. On his wrist, there's the rune thorn, which is the straight line and the sort of triangle coming off of it. Mm -hmm. Looks like a P, but the tail is on the top and the bottom. Which
1: he's never had before.
0: No. But yes, when he gets up to grab his mask, we see, I wrote down, we see his whole ass face. (laughs) And this is where I have the note about yeah, the one later on when she takes off his mask, or she asks him to take off his mask or whatever. That's when they had the prosthetic ready, but they never used it.
1: Well, it was dumb.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a different mask, too.
1: It did look weird.
0: Because the other mask didn't fit him, so they had to make a new mask. And these are all, like, bespoke masks. So it's not like you can just, you know, make a new one from the mold. There is no mold.
1: hmm And she is mimicking everything that Michael does because uh-huh. of their connection. So Jamie is going to have like a panic attack.
0: Mm-hmm. And this
1: is when Loomis is going to show up and be like, she will stabilize.
0: Yeah. And try Don't to- cut open her trachea. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So uh-huh. They're going to perform a tracheotomy on her because she was struggling to breathe. She was hyperventilating. And he's like, no, she'll stabilize. Like, Also, yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> he's right. He is right. But how do you know that?
1: It's like, she has something to tell us, but she doesn't. She has no desire to tell you. I don't know if it's because you're always yelling at her or what, but she doesn't want to tell you. Uh Uh-huh. But Tina and her dog show up along with Rachel the next day, and this makes little Jamie very happy. Oh,
0: she's really excited to see Tina and the dog.
1: Is this where she gets the Halloween costume, the pretty pink dress?
0: I think so, yeah. It's
1: very uh, cute.
0: It's like a fairy princess sort of thing that mm-hmm. she's got going for her.
1: It's very pretty and very cute. And but it's funny because I know this girl mostly from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, in which she's a total tomboy. So that's really funny.
0: I just remember we get to see her topless and is she topless in the remake?
1: The remake of what?
0: Halloween. Is she? Oh well, yeah, my god. Think so. I think so. Or she's the only one that isn't. Something like that. Hmm. Don't remember. I've kind of blocked those movies out because the Rob Zombie Halloweens are not great.
1: But so Rachel is going to go stay with her parents for the weekend because her parents don't want to be around during this time for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. And I assume that she doesn't either. But she seems torn between saying no to her friends and no to her parents.
0: Tina convinces her to go. Think about the parties that are going to be up in the woods or whatever for Halloween.
1: But Michael makes the decision for her.
0: Yeah, he's going to show up in her house and kill her there. And it's that classic horror movie trope where the victim was planning on leaving anyway. So when people don't see her, I guess nobody thinks her about her. Yeah. That's
1: what they say. Uh-huh. And that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But... It kind of sucks that they killed Rachel.
0: Yeah, she's a pretty great character.
1: Yeah. And it's just kind of a nothing death.
0: It's because they wanted like to up the stakes and say like anyone can die, you know. Here's Rachel, the heroine from the first movie, dead. But like a lot of other franchises did that, so that wasn't really shocking in the no. late 8 by the late 80s. Yeah, no. And
1: they killed off Nancy already.
0: And they basically just replace her with Tina anyway. So it's kind of a nothing move, and it's a real bummer, because we liked Rachel.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Tina's fine, but we liked Rachel.
1: I liked Tina a lot. Uh Uh-huh. But yes, it could have been Rachel. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But so, Rachel, I guess the dog belongs to Rachel?
0: I thought it belonged to Tina. I thought it belonged to Tina.
1: But Rachel takes the dog home and proceeds to ignore it, yelping and barking. She's on the
0: phone with Donald Pleasance, Loomis, and... He's like, you better pay attention to the dog. Because Loomis, because Jamie had that panic attack, is like, he must be near. He's come back. And so when he hears over the phone that Rachel's dog is barking, he's like, get out of the house. Is Max all right?
1: <sighs> Max is having fun. He's been barking at a cattle morning. Go and check him. Well, why? Go and check him now.
0: <sighs> all right. <sighs> all right. Hold on. I have to go downstairs. Max is gone. <laughs> Listen to me. Drop
1: the phone. Go to the nearest
0: store. Get out of the house quickly now. Go on. And so she does, wearing a towel. Oh, did we mention we get to see her bush in this?
1: Yeah, she is totally naked. I mean, she's, she's behind, behind a, a screen, shower curtain, but, but you can yeah. see everything. That's a
0: surprise for such a small role. Yeah. In the fifth movie. When she didn't do that in the fourth movie, I don't remember. I
1: don't think so. Yeah. But you gotta have everything, I guess, uh, now. I guess. It doesn't end up mattering because Michael chooses not to kill her right now. I guess I guess because he doesn't want to be found out by Loomis yet.
0: It's irrational, I'm sure. <laughs> it's just for the sake of the movie.
1: I just... It didn't feel... it. It felt very different from the Michael... But we had seen previously. Michael stands and watches from afar, mm-hmm. waits for his moment, and, and then, then approaches. He, and And then he gets inside and kills you.
0: Well, he's also Peppy Le Pew. We get those moments too, you know, where he just walks at you and you're running and you're panicking. The keys, the keys. But you know, he's. He just does not stop walking towards you until he reaches you and then he fucking murders you. So, like, these are the things that make Michael Myers Michael Myers.
1: But him, like, coming in and leaving the door open and then... I guess you could argue, like you did, he does dress up in the ghost outfit.
0: Yeah, there are variances, right? He does sometimes do things just out of curiosity. He is a curious character. That's why he does the head tilt in the first movie, mm-hmm. which is so iconic, and they just won't fucking stop doing.
1: <laughs> I hated the cops. They were super obnoxious, and I get that they're doing it on purpose, but it was
0: gliding. Oh, they get this stupid fucking theme song?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so dumb. All clear. Nothing above, nothing below. It's what we're here for. Rescue cats. Find dogs. Oh. That's a job. And we love it. Just as a apparently it's an homage to last house on the left but oh that
1: makes perfect yeah. sense
0: john carpenter
1: fucking that sucks
0: john carpenter didn't last house
1: the, right? no that was west craven west craven
0: yeah so why
1: he's saying i like you Wes craven from a movie you did
0: but this isn't john carpenter john carpenter didn't do this
1: oh who did this
0: this dominique of then Girard. gerard it's french dude
1: Maybe he really likes las. I don't
0: know. yeah, that's weird,
1: but I don't like lasos on the left, So I didn't appreciate the cops,
0: yeah. I wrote terrible, silly music for the cops. It's just a bad decision,
1: mm-hmm. but so Loomis desperately tries to get Jamie to tell him where Michael is, and she just won't. She won't say it. She won't write it. She won't sign it because she also knows sign language, yeah. Which is kind of impressive. I wish they I e- wish they a year?
0: did more of it.
1: Yeah. It's pretty impressive, right? You know,
0: it would be a great bonding moment. Like, oh, you know what? We find out that Tina knows sign language, too. You know, because she cares about Jamie so much mm-hmm. that she tried to learn it. And then maybe there's a moment where they're hiding and they need to communicate and they can do that with sign language. Uh, and so Michael doesn't hear them. Like, opportunities abound and they're not using any of it. She uses sign language like once Mm -hmm. in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Just like here and that's it.
1: (laughs) But so Michael, yeah, he kills Rachel and it's a bummer.
0: It's a bummer, but moving on, I guess.
1: Loomis tries to get... The cops to act like he always does. This is Loomis' job, is to get the cops to do their jobs. He always has to convince them. Have you forgotten your own daughter's death?
0: So this is the sheriff from part four, the one whose kid dies. Yeah, like you say. Not the sheriff from the first movie who had moved away. In this continuity, he had moved away and this new sheriff replaced him in number four. So when he came back and was like, where's the sheriff? Oh, he's gone. He's living as he's retired and such and such. So, yes, we have multiple sheriffs. This is the one from four. And the line that he gives is, you never saw his eyes. You never saw that nothing, that no expression, blank.
1: How many people did he kill last year? Have you forgotten your own daughter? I don't... Think... No, of course you don't forget! How could you? you never looked into his face, did you? You never saw his eyes. You never saw that nothing, no expression, blank. Huh? My memory goes back 12 years to the night when I offered... But I'm going to show you. Show you something. Look.
0: I'm going to show you something. And he shows him his hand. Dude, the side of your face is already burned. Show (laughs) him that. I prayed that he would burn in hell. But in my heart, I knew that hell would not have him. Now, Loomis getting these lines totally works. That is Loomis.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... What he does.
0: (laughs) He gets these awesome, intense, poetic lines. He gets that, you know, black eyes like a doll's eyes sort of (laughs) moment, you know? That's Loomis, and that's just for Loomis. If anyone else behaved like that, it would seem stupid and irrational. Especially if, like, literally everyone behaved like that. That would be stupid and irrational. Put a pin in that, we'll come back to that later
1: This is when we get to meet Tina's friend Samantha Who I know Chris doesn't appreciate her outfit But I fucking do <laughs> I think it's fantastic
0: Yeah, it's 80s AF
1: Yes it is And I love it And there's an interesting 80s spin On the theme Which I really liked Yeah here.
0: There's also the guy that she's into, just to be clear about relationships here, Spitz, who works at the convenience store. And then there's uh, Mikey, who is Tina's boyfriend, who drives the nice car and is the badass rebel who treats women poorly. And you Yeah, know.
1: Mikey sucks on every level. Uh-huh. I hate to say it, but Samantha is a not a great actress in this film. She's
0: not. It's I'm sure she's a lovely person, and I'm sure she can do better than this. She is terrible in this movie.
1: It's really, really bad. And
0: Every line read is the wrong line read. <laughs> like, if you're one of those directors it's just like, let the actors explore the space, you know? Let them do what they want. If you were one of those directors, you would still say, no, cut, cut. <laughs> no, do not say it like that.
1: Yeah, it's not good. It. Really slows down the pace. Yeah, uh, her and
0: her sure, pause every time she needs to say a line. There's like a long pause. It's line. Like, yeah. Line. <laughs> like you, you expect they cut out the audio of the <laughs> script supervisor just Reading feeding her, her line. the line. <laughs> this isn't my job, but I have the script in front of me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Their dialogue is so awkward. It is not at all how a real conversation would go. And it could
0: have been Rachel and Tina instead of Tina and this new blonde girl.
1: Yes, exactly. Also, when they're walking by, I think they walk by the Myers place, she will see Michael in the window. And she just ignores it.
0: I don't know if she sees it, but we see it when she looks at the house. There's like... An outline of his shoulder, and you can see it moving out of the way so he doesn't get seen. And she looks at it a little bit longer and doesn't see anything, and then she leaves. Which is, that's very Michael Myers. Him just standing there watching, and then disappearing. He's not there the next time you look.
1: That's true.
0: But unlike Lori, who sees him in the laundry, and who sees him behind the hedge, she knows she saw him, and then he disappears. In this... She doesn't even realize what she saw. That's a good
1: point. Then we get a really strange scene where Jamie, it almost feels like she's in a dream sequence. She is running through, I guess, the bowels of this children's oh, clinic
0: and we yeah. thought it was a
1: dream sequence and, and i was like damn they are ripping off freddie here
0: yeah no she goes into like the boiler room of the hospital where she's but staying. it's all
1: really happening yeah and it's really strangely she,
0: it feels like she's running from michael but then one of the attendants finds her mm-hmm. she thinks it's michael and so she's freaking out but it's the attendant and then the nurse is there and they're like we've been looking everywhere for you but it's kind of like she just she can't trust what she's seeing and she's getting fed these visions from michael that's what we're supposed to learn here
1: this is also an excuse for Loomis to come back and again abuse the shit out of this little girl. Yes, just and like just shake be like, her and shit. Don't you love your stepmother? He made you stab her. <laughs> Somebody has dug up a coffin. What do you think he's gonna do with that coffin? Like,
0: does he think that she's sitting there weighing the pros and cons? Well, no, and he thinks like,
1: that she wants to be, like, she loves him or she. Yeah, so wants
0: that doesn't make any sense. So, like, th- there is no scenario where his behavior here makes sense.
1: No, it does because she's She ran up and held his hand Remember? Yeah When Michael was dying Uh huh So there is a reason to be suspect To think that this little girl is connected And wants to be part of it You know that's fair
0: I will give you that I don't think that this movie establishes that enough But thinking back to that That makes a lot of sense
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm a fan of Michael Myers. I don't want Michael Myers to be kicked out of the the series, but that's where it was headed last movie, Uh and I thought they did a good job of it. I thought they did Mm -hmm. a good job of handing the torch to this little girl. Did I approve of handing it to a little girl? No, but that's what you decided to do. Uh
0: Uh-huh, and you did it well. Yeah. Yep.
1: He's just like, do you ever wonder why he has this power over you? And I was like, no. Do not include Pleasants in the in the rune shit.
0: Yeah, we're getting sort of hints again.
1: Do not there's put him with of the druid power.
0: Eventually, any slasher series goes on long enough, they will explain that it's really magic. They start out very human. And, like, the first movie, maybe the second movie, and then they've taken so much goddamn damage and kept going, Mm -hmm. that becomes an element of their character. And then eventually they have to explain how they're not fucking dead yet. (laughs) And the answer is always magic. (laughs) Always. Or just evil. It's a dream demon. They are literally evil. There were druids. Mm -hmm. There's a hell worm Infesting people God Like these are always magic And it's just unfortunate It's really a bummer when you get When your slasher has to take that turn Just put a pin And it's a bummer when you have to resort to magic Okay There we go
1: Chucky did in the first one
0: Yeah I um, I don't know if I'd call Maybe it's a slasher I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a slasher Really? Yeah, but it's not like a slasher in the same way. Like that the whole premise is predicated upon voodoo. So like, yeah.
1: Well, Freddy, it's predicated on the fact that he can go into your
0: dreams. Right, but they don't need to explain it. It's just, you know what? There was this just this intense moment of passion when he died, all these this hatred and he wanted revenge, and so now he comes back as this sort of dream monster. And then fucking six movies into that franchise and oh no there's like a dream demon who gives him dream powers there was a transaction that happened there it's like no we don't need that explained we don't need that explained anyway at some point around here the man in black gets off a bus That he also has a thorn tattoo, Mm
1: -hmm. and then we
0: won't see him again till the end of the fucking movie. You're
1: very excited, don't be Uh fooled.
0: Nothing happens.
1: Also, at one point, Donald Pleasance gives a monologue to the trees about...
0: uh, Oh, yeah, and then we see Michael out there in the trees.
1: But he says, I know what you want from her, and I didn't understand that line.
0: What does Michael want from her?
1: Doesn't he just want to kill her?
0: A, a, a successor?
1: No, Michael wants to kill her. He wants to
0: get close to, but we see them close to each other and he doesn't kill her. Not immediately, but then he goes to. Right, no, but she stops him. But then he goes to. Right, but th- what, what that tells you is it's not just murderous intent. It's not standard Michael murderous intent, but he has a specific target of his relatives. With Jamie, it's not that. There's something else there
1: there's a really bad death scene where michael kills somebody with like a spade like a garden tool
0: yeah
1: i don't even remember who that person was
0: there's a hand rake that he kills mikey with
1: oh is it mikey that i'm talking about yeah yeah well that death sucks he (laughs)
0: kills mikey with that hand rake and then he puts on the mask that mikey was gonna wear for halloween that night and then tina like talks to him because he's driving the car
1: yeah, Tina will get in the car, he will drive her, she will kiss him.
0: And then she's like, that's creepy, I don't want to do this.
1: Well, no, yeah, She as soon as she says this is creepy, that's when Michael steps on the gas. But because her boyfriend's an asshole, and she just lets him treat her exactly. like shit, she's just like, okay.
0: But it is legitimately creepy when he's just sitting there wearing that mask of the... She says
1: barbarian. Yeah,
0: he's got like this thick jaw and stubble and everything. And it's this really cartoonishly en- enlarged face. And it looks angry. And she's like kissing it. And he's just looking straight ahead. It's a little bit creepy, us knowing that Michael is under that mask. I thought that was a really effective sort of thematic twist.
1: I agree. But I thought it was odd that he stopped and took her back to get cigarettes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Would you believe Michael would do that?
0: Didn't he leave without her at one point, though?
1: Well, when he stops and lets her out to get cigarettes, that's when the cops show up.
0: And then he drives away. leaves. Yeah. And Uh she
1: just figures her asshole boyfriend ditched her, Uh which is perfectly fine for her.
0: Yeah, but he drives up. She gets in the car. He starts to drive. She asks him to stop so she can get cigarettes, and he does.
1: Well, he doesn't at first. And she starts yelling at him, and then he hits the brakes Uh and goes back. Yeah. And I thought that was odd.
0: Uh Uh-huh. What's going through Michael's head at that moment?
1: Yeah, like, just how long can I keep this up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. It's not unheard of that he puts other costumes on and acts like somebody he's not. Somebody he just killed.
1: But we see that back at the children's clinic, the kids are all dressed up for a Halloween party, and the little girl Jamie she's so cute in yes. <laughs> her little dress
0: the little boy is dressed up like a sparkly rainbow pirate <laughs> her friend what's I, his name
1: i looked him up he's gay
0: oh well there you go like he just had this very sort of like gay you know you know when you look at a little boy and you just know he's gay <laughs> like, it's like that thing not all gay people are like that but some are <laughs> what's his name
1: I don't know, but he is adorable and just so sweet and so in love. Billy. Billy. And so in love with Jamie. Jamie. Oh, he? yes.
0: He treats her so nice. Yeah.
1: She gives him a kiss on the cheek. It's very oh, sweet. Oh, and it
0: makes his entire life. He is so fucking jazzed. It's like, all right, let's go.
1: But at the party, this is, again, another time when Jamie will have another panic attack. Because this is at the same time that Tina is in the car with Michael. And that is why the cops show up at the gas station.
0: Because when she has her panic attack, Billy has to, to like, translate. But Billy has a stutter. And so she is stuttering. And so nobody can understand what she's saying because she can't breathe. And then he's repeating what she's saying, but he has his own stutter. But they can understand Billy, but not her, which is weird. But anyway, he translates for them and they go to the gas station. What is it? The woman with the donuts or whatever?
1: Big woman. Cookie woman. Cookie
0: woman. Yes. Big Big woman. woman. A big woman, yeah. a big woman who works,
1: works in the store. No. What? What?
0: no. What Jamie no. Oh, the Cookie woman. woman. Cookie woman. Cookie
1: woman. Dale's gas station, Fifth and Main.
0: She's got cookies over her boobs.
1: Yes. And
0: so they they know exactly where to go, and they show up, and yeah, no Michael. Because it's Mikey in a mask, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. But so this is when she gets her voice back. Yeah. Jamie does. And she shouts out Tina, and it makes Tina's day to hear her name. Yeah.
0: And
1: and she is explaining, I can't stay here. I have to go see my boyfriend. We're having a party tonight. Uh Uh-huh. And Jamie is like, no, you have to stay with me. And she's crying her eyes out. And Tina's just like... Sweetheart, like, it's gonna be fine. You'll understand when you're older, you'll find a boy who makes your heart feel like neon, which yeah, I love. that's a
0: great description.
1: hmm And she promises that she'll come back later. And Loomis is like, where the fuck do you think you're going? Jamie knows you're gonna get murdered. Why are you leaving? And she's just like, Jamie is a nine-year-old girl. And he's like... Why don't you try to be sensible? And she's like, I never do anything sensible. But she's like crying. It's like she almost knows that she's going to die here. Right, yeah. But it's like she doesn't want to give up on her life. I guess, you know, teenagers, man.
0: Yeah. It's almost like it's a play and somebody knows that they're behaving bad. And deep down, they don't want to behave that way. But they feel like it's their only option and it's now who they've become. And so they kind of laugh about it and but they're also kind of crying inside like it's that sort of moment like but elevated like you might be watching it on on a stage and it's just tina (laughs) it's like what the fuck is this doing here hey i liked tina tina's fine i like tina too
1: and this is when pleasance is just like cops follow her Yeah. But they're useless, so So the bumbling
0: cops go to the party and just sit in their car the entire time. Yes. Until they finally do take action and then immediately die.
1: Yes. And now Jamie has disappeared. Yeah. At one point, Tina, Samantha, and Spitz all play a prank on the cops and pretend that that
0: Spitz is Michael Myers is Michael Myers.
1: And that's going to become a a problem for the rest of the film because he's going to continuously scare people and make them think that he is Michael. Well, the
0: important thing is with the cops, because then they get kind of pissed at him. We could have killed you, you know, like that whole thing. And they laugh. Oh, shit. (laughs) And they go off into the barn to have sex. And so Michael's going to kill them. Remember, he has Mikey's mask on of the... Barbarian or whatever. He comes out of the barn having killed them wearing Spitz's Michael Myers mask. And they think that it's Spitz again.
1: Oh, that's right. And then he's he's able able to kill them. them. Yeah. uh
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But let's talk about Spitz's death.
0: Okay. Really poorly executed. Yeah. So Uh, he gets. So they're they're fucking. Yeah. Uh, it's, It's Samantha's first time. And... How do
1: you know? I
0: think they talk... Because Samantha, when she was talking to Tina earlier, she's talking oh, did about... did she how, say that? I, I think so. Okay. Or that's the implication. Okay. They had never had sex before, at least.
1: Okay. Spitz and
0: Samantha. So he's on top of her on a pile of hay. And then Michael finds a pitchfork and goes through his back. Now, in the shot where the pitchfork goes into his back, we see the prongs come out of his chest. <laughs> then there's a moment where... We cut to Samantha, she freaks out, she looks at him and he is sort of hovering above her being held up by the pitchfork that's been stuck into his back, right? How they accomplished that is seems very obvious. I didn't watch any backstage shit or anything. It seems very obvious. He was he was laying he was laying forward on this sort of slanted plank that was then designed to look like his chest and then that was attached to his real chest. So you get the chest that kind of goes up and it's like flat, and then it kind of goes in to meet where his real chest is, and there's no prongs coming out the front anymore. And it's a really bad effect. They fucked yes. this one up.
1: It's really bad. I was like, how did that angle work?
0: Yeah, and then he has to kill her with a scythe. I mm-hmm.
1: think yes,
0: because the pitchfork is stuck in Spitz's back. Tina's gonna use that yeah. later,
1: but it gonna won't have better. to take
0: it out of her friend's
1: back. But then she'll fuck it up anyway.
0: But yeah, he leaves having killed the two of them. And then he kills the two cops when they think that he spits.
1: Yes. And that's how he gets their car. And so then he'll drive after Tina.
0: Yes. So she is going to go out there and be like, you guys are taken forever. She goes to the barn. I'm not hearing anything. That's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. And then she finds them dead. Yes. And then she goes outside to tell the cops that she knows are waiting outside. They're already dead. They died off screen. Mm -hmm. She gets into an altercation with Michael here with the pitchfork. Fucks that up. I forget how Mm -hmm. Uh, she runs away into like the forest outside this barn. He doesn't chase after her, but she runs into Billy and Jamie who have escaped the childcare facility. Mm -hmm. And then we get Michael. We get like, Headlights on, he chases after them in a truck and ends up, or or the cop car, I don't remember which. And but the music crashes. is
1: playing and it's just so good. Oh
0: yeah, the music. Oh, I forgot about that, yeah. And the
1: music is playing and it's really well done. This is a good shot and Tina sells it really well. And then Tina dies, which sucks, but it's a really good death because she dies saving James.
0: It's a great death. You don't get a lot of these in this series. No, you don't. Where somebody dies because they are sacrificing themselves for someone else. For a child especially. We get that with the babysitter girl in the 2018 Halloween. Yes. Mm-hmm. She basically sacrifices herself to save the little boy she's babysitting.
1: Yeah. And it's not
0: as overt as this one is, though. So, like, I really like that about this one.
1: And then he gets done dirty in the next movie.
0: Oh, yeah. That little boy gets a cameo, and it's not great. It's not a good one. Anyway, Tina's dead.
1: And she, like, as she's dying, she yells, Run to Jamie. It's really good. Great.
0: Jamie and Billy are running away.
1: They run into Loomis. Loomis, yes. And she's just like, Can you kill him? If you can, then I'll tell you where he
0: is. And I'm just like,
1: Why couldn't you have told him that this entire movie? Yeah. So then they make this plan. Yes. Where she's going to be bait inside the Myers house.
0: Yes, his old house. This is where Loomis shouts out into the trees and Michael's there and he tells him, meet us if you want her. He's going to use her as bait.
1: Michael, go home. Go home. Go to your house. I shall be there waiting for you. You'll find her waiting for you. Son of a bitch. Michael. Why didn't you just go home?
0: That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. Suck my white ass. Michael, go home. So they set her up in the upstairs of the Myers house. With
1: an idiot cop, but a guy we know.
0: Yeah, this is Deputy Charlie played by Troy Evans. You've seen him before. He's a character actor.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he keeps talking to her, and she's trying to get him to shut the fuck up. Yeah, she's like,
0: shh, because you're not supposed to be here. Yeah,
1: you idiot.
0: Uh Uh-huh. But then... What do they... They end up faking something here.
1: She sees Billy in trouble. It's like Michael and Loomis planned it together. Well, yes, (laughs) but
0: Loomis and Jamie planned it. The idea is to get the cops to leave.
1: Oh Jamie
0: Jamie's in on it. Jamie
1: yes. did this on purpose. Yes.
0: She's oh. in on it. They want the cops to leave
1: because they not realize they that. They don't
0: want him arrested. They don't they want him killed.
1: But they aren't able to kill him.
0: Right. Well, nobody's able to kill him. That's kind of the point, right? He's just pure evil.
1: But wouldn't it have been better in Numbers? Oh right, because not because in the new one they couldn't get him in Numbers
0: either. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, Put a pin in that. (laughs) A lot of things we're putting pins in. We'll come back to them. So it's just Charlie that stays behind and then one cop outside. And the cop outside just gets killed right away. When Michael shows up, Charlie fires at him with his revolver. And he fires ten fucking shots at him with a revolver. And this is only a six-shot cylinder. (laughs) Who was your script supervisor? That is your job. <laughs> anyway. So now all the cops are dead.
1: Oh, and one of the cops, like, shoot, yeah, shoots him, and Michael stabs him and then hangs him.
0: Yes, he fucks Charlie up. Uh-huh. Um, But Loomis is taken out somehow. I don't remember how.
1: I thought he killed Loomis here, but he doesn't, because Loomis is in another movie, but... It, I wrote, he killed Loomis as he almost got the knife away. Uh, Loomis is, like, talking him down.
0: Yeah. He's like, uh-huh. she
1: can take away your pain. And Michael's like, really? Almost uh-huh. like Jason. And I'm like, no, can we not have Michael be an idiot like well, Jason? Well, but Michael is
0: about the urge to kill. It's not a revenge thing like Jason is. At at Behind everything that Jason does... Is revenge, And when they deviate from that, that's when it gets terrible, right? <laughs> they, they try to push Jason more and more towards Michael, and they try to push Michael more and more towards Jason. It's really weird. <laughs> but with Michael, it's just the urge to kill. And what Loomis is promising is that with Jamie's help, as his relative, she might be able to calm that urge. And that idea is a little bit appealing to him. He can only think in these sort of broad concepts. He's not a smart person. (laughs) But yes, he attacks Loomis and Loomis is taken out. And so it's just Jamie. And I got to tell you, I love this segment.
1: Yes. When she I've goes down this. into that chute,
0: there's a laundry chute that she climbs down into, and just the logistics of it all is really interesting. She grabs onto the handle on the inside, and her weight causes that to close, right? But then he finds her there, opens it up, she drops down to the bottom of this shaft, down into the basement. And gets all fucked up there. Yeah. And he's like stabbing into the vent and she's that's freaking what he does. out.
1: That's how he pro- solves his problems. Yeah,
0: he goes down to get her and, and and she's all fucked up because she fell. He's stabbing into the vent. She's quiet. When he's quiet, nobody knows what's happening. It's really tense. It's very tense. And terrifying. Like, it's a really good segment.
1: I've been saying this every time we watch a Halloween movie. I said, everybody fucking hates 4 and 5. And I don't get why. Because... There's these great tense scenes.
0: Uh-huh. And she needs to climb out through the inside by like, pushing against the walls and get out the top before he can go around through the stairs.
1: And she does a fantastic she's job. She's great. I don't understand why she didn't do more movies. Yeah.
0: This is her last one, right?
1: Is this after Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead?
0: No, I mean Halloween. She's not in oh, six, yeah, is she? Oh, yeah, because in
1: the next one, she's an adult.
0: Okay, that's what it is. She's in her 20s. And it only comes out like one year later, isn't it? Isn't Halloween 6 like 1990? 1991 maybe?
1: I think it's supposed to be in the future. Yeah. Because she is pregnant with Michael's child, as disgusting as Oh, right.
0: Oh, my God. I forgot. I'm so... Fixated on the druids, that I forgot about that. He's
1: impregnated his niece. Yes. Oh my God. They went there. But they were like, we can't do that to a 12 year old. That's fucked up. We got to
0: age her up. (laughs) And then we get Paul Rudd, though. We do get Paul Rudd. (laughs) Anyway. So she climbs out of this laundry chute back through the top.
1: The only thing that kind of sucks in this segment is that she says, "Please God, please let him get me." Please God,
0: don't let him get me. <laughs> or something oh, like that. yeah, like she says it out loud. Or I remember there is something to. But I thought a it was a callback that,
1: to Freddie. Please God, this is God.
0: Oh no, I didn't think it was. Well, I mean that's a good catch, but I, I don't think it's intentional. But maybe it is. Who knows? So they go up to the attic, right? That's where they go next. And this is where Michael has been collecting all of the dead bodies.
1: Yeah, she had no idea Rachel was dead. She didn't know Max was dead. Neither did the audience, by the way. Max the dog,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh
1: And then she decides to lay in the coffin, which I don't understand.
0: But can I just address the fact (laughs) that this fucking army of cops swept through this house to make sure that Michael wasn't already there. And they were walking everywhere and they were inspecting every room and nobody checked the attic. They're not good at their jobs, man. Oh yeah, you get the bumbling clown music. That's just those two and they're already dead. (laughs) Anyway, that was, that was, none of those cops checked the attic at any point and found those bodies is what I wrote down.
1: But so she says, uncle boogeyman. Let me see. This is like the worst part. This is her worst acting here. Yeah. Uncle? Boogeyman. Let me see. I doubt it's her fault. I think the director didn't understand the writing. Like it, it, I understand that a kid might not get the writing. Yeah. But like the direct, like that's your job, director. You're supposed to explain to your actors, especially children actors, why they're saying what they're saying. Yep. She's like, "Let me see." He takes it off, which was very confusing.
0: He does. I and mean, we're not supposed been, to be able to see it. It's supposed to be in shadow.
1: I know they've been leading up to it, but then he's going to immediately change his mind you know Yeah, he puts she's going to go on. to wipe a tear away uh-huh. which oh my god michael shed a fucking tear
0: well the idea that that's this thing that he feels inside that compels him to kill and that's literally all he feels
1: and now he's got this connection with the little girl yeah, and the little the, girl is seeping into him yeah and there's like this ah. thing where she might
0: she might actually be taking that feeling away like there is good content somewhere here.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't think they executed well, but there's there's something here.
1: yeah. he ends up trying to stab at her, but Loomis grabs her and uses her as bait to get her get him into a trap of chains, which does nothing and he shoots him a bunch and it does nothing and it's it's just like, oh my God, he's just the guy who can't be killed. okay. Yep. Loomis ends up like, I think, stabbing him a bunch. is just like, die, die, die. And that felt very much like Friday the 13th, the final chapter. When he stabs Jason a bunch. Oh. and says, die, die, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he does. Which yeah. is, you know, you have this young child going up against the murderous you know, whatever,
1: right? But it's Loomis who says this, not yeah. Not I know. I am just saying
0: that the the Jamie Tommy connection is there. Yeah. Tom. I should be clear, Tommy Jarvis.
1: Yeah, the connection from Friday
0: the Thirteenth
1: between Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth is real.
0: It is, and they they I think they are distinct. But the longer the franchises go on, the more overlap there is.
1: So they end up getting Michael into the jail. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because the man in black is there to bail him out. And you're like, ooh, he's a badass. But no,
0: he sucks. He kills all the cops and he blows the bars off the cell. And now Michael's gone. And that's fucking how the movie ends. So what do you think Halloween 5 has on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I think I know. How Is it like
0: 12? It's 12. That is
1: so stupidly low.
0: And a 28 on Metacritic. The Rotten Tomatoes consensus reading Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, finds the series embracing crude slasher conventions with pedestrian scares, disposable characters, and aimless plotting. I mean, they're not wrong, but it feels (laughs) harsh.
1: It's... Yeah, it's not. It's uncalled for.
0: So far, this is the lowest rated Halloween that we've covered on this show. And. and Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Let me tell you guys, it gets so much worse from here.
0: It does. Now, we haven't. I'm not including those in this comparison. But. The next lowest was the Rob Zombie Part 2 at 20.
1: I hated that one.
0: Uh, You liked it a little bit more than the first one.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, I was thinking of the first one. Yeah, the second one is better. But it was less than the first one? That sucks.
0: So, here is what we gave the movies in this franchise so far. Part 1 had a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. We each gave it a 90. Part 2 had a 30. We each gave it a 25. Part 3, Season of the Witch, had a 42, so higher than Part 2. You gave it a 50, I gave it a 62. You know how much I enjoy Season of the Witch. Yes, and I don't understand why. (laughs) Now, part four, the one immediately preceding this, had a 29. Or this had a 12.
1: Yeah, that's a big drop.
0: That's a big drop. We each gave it a 60. So... Do you think that 12 is overrated or underrated?
1: Underrated.
0: (laughs) Okay, what would you give it and can you tell me why?
1: Well, knowing that I gave the last one 60 makes this answer feel weird because I don't necessarily think that this one is better than the last one. But I was going to give this one a 63.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's fine. Okay. I explain a little bit more. Why 63?
1: It is a little bit, when they say aimless, I think more rambling. Sure. You know? There are parts of this that are not necessary. This could have been edited. Yeah. And that's funny because it's not even that long of a movie, right?
0: Uh, Put a pin in that because we will come back to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it is a bit rambling. Sure. Right? And, you know, there's a lot of... It could have been better, okay? It could have absolutely been better.
0: There's a surprising amount of stuff that I legitimately enjoyed. Yes. Yes. In a movie that is otherwise kind of uninspired and uninteresting. Yes. That's much better put. I will give it, you know, I'll give it a 60. I I don't think I can say I like it more than Season of the Witch, but not by much. I do like it. Like, I'm still liking these Halloween movies. hmm Despite the fact that n- they never, ever reach the heights of the first one.
1: What did we give the first one again? 90. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. It'll never capture that magic again. But this is decent for this series, and it is just going to plummet oh, after yeah. this. It's
0: it's opened the door to what makes the rest of the franchise fucking garbage, <laughs> and they just keep needing to uh, retcon everything like mm-hmm. over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Don't forget she has
0: dies. She retcons
1: this series like. Like three times now. <laughs> she
0: has been in more Halloween movies than Donald Pleasants.
1: <laughs>
0: even though she died after the second one. Not considering three after part two and before oh, part four. Part four, she died. She died. You're
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then she's alive again. In, in both H two O and Resurrection, but
1: doesn't in H two O doesn't she say that she like faked her death? But but they say that she didn't have a daughter,
0: right? Yeah, it go it retcons all the stuff after two, yeah, and then she dies again at the very beginning. Sorry, spoilers of Resurrection. It's terrible. Don't worry about that being spoiled for you. <laughs> uh, and then you know, then they come out with Halloween twenty eighteen and the refresh. And then they retcon it again. Yeah, they get (laughs) rid of
1: two this time.
0: Uh So, yeah, it's not going to be good from here on out, I'm afraid. Yeah. I think there's a chance that other than the refresh in 2018, this is the last good Halloween movie.
1: You don't know that Halloween ends might be good. I know.
0: That's why I said there's a chance. Because we don't know what's going on with Halloween ends. And that'll give you a little bit of insight into our next movie, 2021's Halloween Kills. Based again on characters created by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, written by Scott Teams, David Gordon Green, and Danny McBride, and directed by David Gordon Green. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, sure, Anthony Michael Hall, Robert Longstreet, and Kyle Richards. A lot of people in this movie are people that were in the original we have, like we said, Jamie Lee Curtis. There's the sheriff from the first one, Sheriff Lee Brackett, played by Charles Cyphers. He comes back, even though, like I said, he moved away before number four, but but this is all retconned. Kyle Richards, who played the little girl Lindsay, and I think we talked about being on Real Housewives. Okay, Marion, the nurse who gets pulled out of the car at the very beginning of the first movie, the played original. by Nancy Stevens. And Nick Castle, of course, just like in the last one, is back as Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. We also get returning characters, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. What is Halloween Kills about?
1: So just like... Just in, like
0: this in number five, yeah. Just
1: like in five, he we see the end of the last movie uh-huh. and that he survives.
0: Like, you could totally watch this as a double feature. Like, it is the... 2018 ends and then this one begins immediately. Yeah. Like, you just don't do the credits, just start this one immediately, and it makes total sense.
1: (laughs) We see that, of course, Michael survives. This one, they decide that Michael is no longer after Laurie. He is now, his desire, his only desire is to get to his room to stare out the window, and we have no idea why.
0: That is real. That is real. That is Michael's motivation. For the entire franchise, that's all he wants to do. Yeah. He wants to look out his sister's window.
1: And uh, it's as lame as it sounds.
0: You can watch it on Peacock or in the theaters. Should people watch Halloween Kills, Kelsey? No. It is terrible.
1: After the first, like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, turn it off.
0: Yeah, it it's so promising the in the beginning. The beginning is quite good. You know what? Because it has that sort of, like, residual joy from the first one, mm-hmm. which we actually really liked. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's just that again. We're going, we're going back into that world, like immediately where we left off. Okay.
1: And then we get a flashback to 1978. Oh, and that's totally pretty good, good too. With. I love it. And then basically, as soon as they discover that Michael is there in present time, turn it off. Yeah. I don't care at all about the mobs, and I don't care at all about this bullshit motivation of getting to his window.
0: Let me tell you, let me tell you, out of the eight Halloween movies that we've watched on the show so far, this is the ninth. I think it is the worst written of all of them. It is terrible. I'm not being hyperbolic here. I really wanted to like this movie. I didn't read or watch anything about it. I saw, like... One headline or somebody on Twitter talking about how the kills are not Halloween. And fuck that. I don't even care about that.
1: I had one friend who told me, this is the worst movie ever.
0: (laughs) But I didn't know
1: that. No, I don't think I told you.
0: And then we watched it and it kind of, it it is really bad. Yeah. They fuck this up harder than anything's ever been fucked up before.
1: Yeah. When I, I, like... After that first half hour, and it just devolves. I asked Chris. I was like, "Oh, was this written by somebody different? Is that what the problem is?" No, it's the same same writer.
0: Yep. Here's how I would describe it: Imagine you're watching a juggling show, and a dude is juggling chainsaws that are on. It's so impressive. It's so awesome, and he completely does it successfully. And then he puts the chainsaws away, and then he pulls out just some standard juggling balls, and he manages to choke and die on one of them. That is this movie. (laughs) How they were able to pull off a complete refresh of the franchise, retconning everything (laughs) in the 2018 Halloween, and be pretty good. Pretty decent. And then immediately follow that off of all the goodwill they have from that with this and fuck it up so thoroughly... It's baffling.
1: Yeah, and we watched a video that shredded this movie to pieces. Like, it said everything we oh, yeah. were about so to say.
0: Afterwards, Afterwards, we watched, because we watched it, and then while we were watching it, Red Letter Media released their half-in-the-bag <laughs> mm-hmm. on it while we were watching it. And so after we were done, we're like, oh, okay, well, let's watch this. And, like, item after item was exactly what we thought. So if you don't want to listen to us and you'd rather watch something, you can watch that, and it's basically our opinion on it.
1: But they brought up something that I had never, I I would have never had any idea about, and that she had this ridiculous interview where she uh said that this movie is like, if you watch the Red Letter Media video and you listen to her, maybe Chris will put her, what she says here.
0: This was, this movie was made a long time ago. They had written and filmed a lot of it a long time ago. And then Black Lives Matter happened. And then there were all of the protests and then there were riots in some places. Jamie Lee Curtis, for some reason, God bless her soul. I feel like she's a wonderful woman, but she's
1: getting old for some reason.
0: She's like, Oh no, we made this. And then the black lives matter movement happened. The movie is about a mob. And so it's very interesting because it
1: takes on What happens when trauma infects an entire community? And we're seeing it everywhere with the Black Lives Matter movement. We're seeing it in action. And Halloween Kills, weirdly enough, dovetailed onto that, preceded it. It was written before that occurred. But then, of course, so when you see it, it's a seething group of people Moving through the story as a big, angry group. It's oh, wow. really, really,
0: really, 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 really intense. It's a masterpiece. Jamie, did you not watch your movie? The mob is bad. <laughs> yes. I know you support. Black Lives Matter. And I know, like, for instance, there was just this article that came out where it's her and her trans daughter talking about her daughter coming out as trans. And it's beautiful. And she's really, like, open about it. And, like, you know, hey, this is, I love my daughter. And I'm going to fuck things up because I'm human. But this is a learning experience. And, you know, it's a beautiful article. And that same person seemed to compare the angry mob that kills people to the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: I was just like, I thought when I was watching the movie before I had any idea about this interview, like I said, I would have never known about it if it hadn't been for Red Letter Media. I thought they were doing a comparison to Frankenstein. Yes. (laughs) That's what I thought was going on. And then when no one learned their lesson by the end of the movie and then they were just killed by Michael, I was just like. Did the movie understand
0: why it did that? Right. And and no, it feels like to me what they're talking about here is just various levels of trauma, right? So the first movie is how trauma stays with victims, with survivors. That trauma stays with them for the rest of their lives. And it affects who they are. That's the first movie. The second movie is the sort of residual trauma. And if enough people are traumatized, it will cause chaos and uprising. And I think that's her point. Her point is, is that, you know, the black community suffered enough trauma that they're like, no, fuck this. And they they, they rose up not continuing on. She didn't think long enough to continue on the comparison of, no, this is a, this is a homicidal mob. There's a difference between people protesting inequality and a homicidal mob.
1: Okay. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. When I was watching it, and I was thinking it was very Frankenstein, the difference, of course, being that Frankenstein is a sad figure. He's a
0: sympathetic character.
1: Whereas Michael is not, right? So you're almost on their side, but not really at the same time. Not
0: this way. But you
1: know, you know that Michael can't be killed. So you know that they're just just lining up to be fodder for Michael. Well, you know he can't be killed because you know there's another movie. And this is so not... What a what a Michael Myers movie is about. Right. This is not what I'm here for, watching all these people try to beat up a guy that we know can't be killed and then he just kills each of them one by one even though they should be scattering. Like it's a like, kung fu movie yes, or something. Yes. Yes.
0: <sighs> Sorry that we're getting way 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 ahead of ourselves here, but you need to understand the comprehensive nature of this fuck up. It just permeates the entire movie. After the first 15 to 20 minutes or so. Anyway, our advice, we are pleading with you don't even fucking bother. It's not even the sort of train wreck that you want to watch. No. Don't watch this movie. You can take our advice. Please don't leave it. When we get back, we will talk about 2021's Halloween Kills. Uh, we killed
1: Michael. My grandmother set the fire.
0: Owen told you. <gasps>
1: Me what.
0: Michael Myers is
1: alive. A man couldn't have survived that fire. Forty years ago, the boogeyman came for us. We are the
0: survivors of Michael Myers. Glory, what do we do? We fight
1: mom our family we'll kill him we're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this he He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him
0: if you track michael's victims that's a straight line to michael's childhood home someone's in our house he's
1: coming for me but i'm coming for him
0: I want to take his mask off and see the life leave his eyes. All right, Kelsey, get us started. How does Halloween Kills begin?
1: With the original font, which is always good.
0: Yeah. And then we get a bunch of pumpkins.
1: Yes, that are lit on fire.
0: I didn't count, but supposedly there are 12 representing the 12 entries in the franchise.
1: Even though this should either be three or ten, depending on what you want to look I guess, at.
0: yeah, it depends on, yeah.
1: But whatever. So they're all on fire and then they melt, which I guess is an interesting update.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I love that every Halloween should start with a segment like this. With and pumpkins. it was a real bummer that four did not. <laughs>
1: yes. Remember that the last one brought the pumpkin back to life and that yeah, was very cool. It was a deflated, cool.
0: crushed pumpkin that, that re or no, it was... Uh, It was decayed and rotten, and then they rolled the footage back in reverse, and it was refreshed. Yeah. That was really cool. What a great idea Mm -hmm. for the refresh entry.
1: Then we immediately find out what went on with the boyfriend, which was confusing for me at first because we watched the deleted scenes.
0: Yes. Where
1: I'm... He's fairly arrested. certain he's arrested or he's
0: almost arrested, and the cops have to go after Michael, and so he d- isn't actually arrested in the end. Maybe that's what happened. Point is, it's a deleted scene, so it's not canon. It doesn't anymore. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, the,
1: in the theatrical cut, we never found out what happened to him. Uh
0: huh. He was left alone.
1: So he just starts the movie off, and I'm like, ooh, ooh. Because if you'll remember, we liked the boyfriend and we were very upset when he kissed a girl. But yeah. then we remembered that he is a drunk teenager. Right. And he's, <laughs> and
0: he's a fuck up. Yes. And she deserves to be angry. Yes. But like, hey, we get a little redemption arc for Cameron now, you know?
1: Yes. Remember that he is still dressed as Bonnie from yes, Bonnie from and Clyde. Yes, from
0: Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah.
1: He has no idea that his friend is dead. He calls and leaves a message on and his we, friend's we voicemail. we hear
0: the message. And so it's an odd choice that they decide to To play it like we're hearing it on the speakerphone, which doesn't make any sense. Like why we didn't just continue to hear his voice clearly as he was recording it. Because there's no way we would hear that voice diegetically coming out of the dude's phone when he never picked it up. Mm -hmm. And yet the light is lit up and we're hearing it like, you know, it's like somebody who's never used a cell phone before (laughs) designed this. And yes, the friend that totally fucked it real hard right before he died. Yes is hanging from the spike underneath his chin Mm -hmm. and uh, he's already dead. And we won't think about him again until the very end (laughs) when we find out that this lady who was looking for his son was his mom.
1: (laughs) So he is looking for his friend, his maybe ex-girlfriend, and instead he finds the sheriff who has been
0: Sheriff Will Patton. Sorry, (laughs) Sheriff Will Patton. Uh, Sheriff uh, Hawkins, or Officer Hawkins, played by Will Patton, uh, who was a new character that they introduced who supposedly was there the night, the original night, in 78. uh, But we didn't really meet in the original movie. Mm -hmm. He was stabbed by the doctor.
1: Oh, right.
0: With the pen or, uh, I can't remember what exactly he did it with, but he stabbed him like in the neck. And he was bleeding out there, and we assumed he died. But no. No.
1: Survived and has a story to tell. Because Cameron found
0: him. Not, okay, he has a story to tell. He's just going to sit in a hospital bed and talk. Mm -hmm. That's all he's going to do. We are, however, going to get flashbacks to what actually did happen to him that night in 78. And it's compelling stuff. It's well made. Those flashbacks are very well made. They got an actor to play Loomis. (laughs) He was not CGI'd. (laughs) And they had a person do an impression for voiceover uh, ADR loop, right? And it's very, very good. And (laughs) it's compelling stuff.
1: I thought it was footage of him with an ADR.
0: Yeah. uh Uh-huh. But nope. It was was an actor.
1: That was well done. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Well, I say actor, but it was like a member of a crew or something. I think he's a set constructor or something.
1: I mean, does it kind of suck that I could tell it was ADR? Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. The ADR is not great. Yeah. The voice is good, but the the syncing is not good. I
1: thought, like I said, I Uh thought it was like clips of him talking and clips of him acting, and they just spliced them together. Uh And I was like, I don't even care. Poorly spliced, but
0: it's cool that, nope. Nope, actors in both cases doing a great job, and whoever was tasked with syncing that up sucked.
1: (laughs) Yeah, ruined that. But so, the sheriff says, he tells the kid, he's alive and he needs to die, and...
0: Oh boy, here (laughs) we go, it starts. (laughs) Let's... It starts. Let me
1: tell you guys... Kelsey, the evil dies tonight! Let me tell you guys, one of the things I repeatedly teach my students over and over and over again is to reread your work and look for repeated phrases and adjectives. Uh Uh-huh. Because your reader doesn't want to read the same phrases over and over and over again. Uh Uh-huh. For example, let's just say, um, in an essay, a kid is writing about, oh, I don't know, the secret life of Walter Mitty, let's
0: say. (laughs) Just hypothetically.
1: And they're making the point that he can escape reality uh-huh. by going into his daydreams. You need to encourage your students to find a different way to say he escapes reality because otherwise, that will be in every other sentence. <laughs> These people never had an English teacher that told them to reread their work and look for repeated phrases.
0: It's really bad, too, because specific phrases like evil dies tonight are used by multiple people who don't interact with each other before they use those phrases. So every one of these characters is just coming up with this phrase spontaneously in this movie. This ends when Michael is dead. Michael Myers will be executed tonight and it will not go without witness. But evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Alright, everybody, calm down. Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! (laughs)
1: Evil dies tonight. Well, here's the thing. You could argue that it is an easy thing that people would come up with, right, in the moment. Evil Uh dies tonight because he is evil in their eyes. It doesn't matter that they're thinking about the past or now. They think of him as evil and he needs to die and it needs to be tonight. One could argue, well, that's something that everyone would say, right?
0: I couldn't. But go ahead, continue on.
1: But it doesn't matter because this is a movie and you're writing it and you should right. have taken the time to revise your work.
0: <laughs> okay, there, that's that's good, that's good. No, but it's, it's an unnecessarily poetic phrase that they try to pass off as being just everyday normal language. Like, why not? We need to kill him. Why evil dies tonight? Is that the tagline for the movie? I, it is, I think. Or at least it should be. It comes off as Halloween kills... Side shot of the Michael Myers mask in profile or whatever with the with, uh, chiaroscuro or whatever whatever that is, right? And then at the bottom, evil dies tonight. Which doesn't make a lot of sense because we this all is know Halloween, Halloween Kills ends is and then coming. Halloween Ends is next. Yeah, uh-huh. But it feels like Yeah, so like we knew the line. entire
1: time he wasn't going to die.
0: Right. That's unless, another problem. Unless they were pulling a Jamie Lloyd thing and they were going to replace him with somebody else for the last I don't last think movie. this
1: franchise. I don't I don't think this trilogy wants to do that.
0: Oh, you know? I wouldn't think so either, but it doesn't matter. It, they still turn to it's all magic by the end of the movie. It's all really? he is powered by murder. Is that what they're arguing? He's a killing machine fueled by murder. And he will never die because he kills. And that gives him his magic powers.
1: All I could pay attention to was he wants to get to the window. They say that he wants to look out his sister's window. They say
0: that literally. It doesn't, you can curb stomp this motherfucker (laughs) repeatedly, and his face will just go and reconstruct again because he murders so much. Like that's the logic. That this movie introduces into this fucking franchise. It's one thing to be like, you know what? I don't know why he's so powerful. He keeps getting up. It's he's unstoppable and it's terrifying. Like that's fine. But then you try to explain it away and you always fucking have to go to magic. Like I said in the last one, it always Goes to magic, and this fucking one did too.
1: I always thought Michael Myers was flesh and blood, just like you and me. But a mortal man could not have survived what he's lived through. The more he kills, the more he transcends into something
0: else impossible to defeat. In a series that tries to be like the most grounded out of all of them, it's fascinating to me that they went in that direction. In a not great way.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, what else is happening?
1: So we get the flashback, 1978 Haddonfield, and
0: it's very well done. Hawkins sees him after he gets away, and then he loses him.
1: He shot at him several times but missed. Uh-huh. And we find out when he he meets up with his other fellow cops, he explains that, or the other guy does, I don't really know which one's saying it, but somebody says, I knew him as a child.
0: Yeah, it's the other cop says, oh, yeah, no, I knew him as a kid. He was weird.
1: (laughs) And, you know, my parents forced me to hang out with him because they felt sorry for the kid. And all he wanted to do the whole time was stare out his sister's window. Uh Uh-huh. Did you know that when he was a little boy, he used to stand in his sister's bedroom and stare out the window?
0: My mom used to make me go over to his house to play. She felt bad. But he would just spend the whole time staring out of his sister's bedroom window. I always remember thinking, the hell was he looking at up there? Maybe he wasn't looking out.
1: Maybe he was looking in
0: at his reflection. Just like really need to stress how much Michael, all he wants to do is look out. They are taking away the fact that he is hunting his sister or no, but she's not really his sister, right? He's after Lori. Something like maybe he sort of had the sick and twisted love affair where like he fell in love with her that first night In a way that he wants her to be his ultimate victim, right? That could have been a compelling enough reason. And you can say she doesn't need to be his sister, which is what they do in 2018. This movie then tries to slip in a replacement. And that replacement is he likes the view from his sister's window.
1: Now, I could see why they would say that from the very beginning of the 1978 one. She is sitting in front of the window, so maybe it's like he kills her because he's mad that she's there and he can't sit there. But that doesn't make any sense later because when he comes back, nobody's in the Myers house. Right. He could just sit by the window all fucking night.
0: And it's not like a psychosexual thing or anything where, you know, he wants to spy on his sister. No, he wants to be in his sister's room and look Outside the house. What the fuck? Well, the whole
1: thing is supposed to be that he's actually staring at his own reflection, and he's staring into himself. But
0: could but be any window. Yeah. Could be a fucking mirror. Yeah, it's, it's... But they lean real heavily into this sister's bedroom window thing.
1: It's no good. So why, like I said, why would he kill all those teenagers in 1978 if he didn't
0: need to? Right.
1: Because right. if your other argument is, well, then he just kills all the people that stand in his way. Like I said, nobody was in the Myers house nope. in 1978. Yeah, he
0: was in the Myers house in 78, all on his own. Nobody was fucking with him until Lori comes up to the front door to like check on it. Because like what her stepmom uh, is the real estate agent for the property or something like that. And she's just checking in on it or whatever. And then he sees her and is like, "Ooh, her. Right? That's the first movie. And the refresh in 2018 leans into that. And I think that totally works.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For this movie's motivation to make sense, we have to, yes, like you say, ignore the fact that he had fucking free reign of this house and could have just looked out that window all he fucking wanted to and then never would have killed anybody in the first movie after mm-hmm. he escaped. hmm If that motivation really was true, the first movie never would have fucking happened. Mm-hmm.
1: It's not good. It's not good. But anyway, we get to see Lonnie as a child. Hey, Lonnie.
0: (laughs) Get your ass away from there. (laughs)
1: Hey,
0: Lonnie. Get your ass away from there.
1: This little smile. So good. (laughs) But yeah, so Lonnie is the one who pushed Tommy and made him- tripped
0: him. him. He's one of the two.
1: Destroy his pumpkin.
0: Yes, we find that out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. We don't care that Lonnie's being bullied here by the Mulanies, but there's no explanation as to who these fucking Mulanies are.
0: Well, I think it go just goes back to the first movie. They just give people names. They give everyone a name. Like, they just drop names left, right, and center. And some of them are, hey, remember when we said that name in the first movie?
1: <laughs>
0: but others are like, why is it necessary to muddy our perception of like who everyone is by throwing all these names at just beating us up with names. Mhm. I don't think it's important who these kids are. We just know that Lonnie was dared to go up to the Myers' house in the first movie and Loomis scared him away from that. Mhm. That's all we need. We don't need a backstory about who these bullies are. Mhm. But we do know that Lonnie is left on his own by these kids, and then he runs into Michael Myers who is walking the street that who decides night. In not to kill
1: him because why? Well, Michael usually he kill only kills people who are in his way,
0: or just who come he comes across,
1: or teenagers who are by themselves.
0: Yeah, he doesn't really kill. Like there is an age minimum. I think we talked about in the first one because he comes across the baby in the crib. And says, no, he just walks away.
1: And he often walks among trick-or-treaters and doesn't them. Yes, and doesn't
0: kill them, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I guess it's not really too much of a surprise that he doesn't kill Lonnie here. But Lonnie came face-to-face with pure evil, and it fucked him up for the rest of his life.
1: And then he and Tommy became best friends after that,
0: apparently. Tommy and Lonnie, who, remember, Lonnie picked on Tommy when they were little, but they both had this experience with Michael Myers, they sort of bond over that and grow up together and become really good friends. And I am totally... This is compelling stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. I they, wish they'd gotten the original actors.
0: Yes. These are the new actors who were not the originals from back then. This is Robert Longstreet as Lonnie.
1: Who we you, know from Midnight Mass. Well,
0: he's in everything that Mike Flanagan does. All those TV shows <laughs> oh, he's yeah, always in there. Oh, uh, yeah. The
1: Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Too.
0: And Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle, the little boy that Laurie was, was babysitting that night.
1: It's nuts that that's Anthony Michael Hall.
0: Yeah, he's kind of been a completely different person for a while now. Like, ever <laughs> since he became, like, a full-on adult, Dead Zone, when he did that show, when he was on Community, like, yeah, he's a completely different person from the one that we know from – National Lampoon's Vacation and The Breakfast Club, <laughs> completely different human being.
1: <laughs> but I do love when the cops show up to the Myers place. I love how they say that's where it happened, nineteen sixty three. I really
0: yes. love that. It felt, remember the first murders were in sixty three. Yeah, it felt uh-huh. very
1: real. Like this is that's how they would talk about it. Uh huh. And they find the dead dog in there.
0: Call yeah, back. this movie is, loves doing that,
1: uh, and it's I, fine.
0: It's fine. I'm totally okay with that. But it's everything else that they fuck up.
1: They find a cracked window, and the music starts playing. And I just, I love the theme song. I love it every time they play it.
0: Oh, let me tell you, there is one song that I felt was inappropriately placed. Otherwise, this soundtrack is fucking killer. <laughs> I loved the soundtrack in this movie. Is it any big surprise, it's the only thing that John Carpenter contributed to it. (laughs) Him, his son, and his son's friend did the soundtrack to this movie in the last one.
1: But as soon as he finds the footprints, Michael does something here that I'm like, okay, that's not Michael. If there's one thing we can say about Michael, it's that he's never ran in his fucking life. And he runs in and attacks this guy. Yeah. I'm like, when has he ever run?
0: We say he's like a Pepe Le Pew killer, right? He just walks after you relentlessly, casually almost, just straight for you. His the What separates Jason and Michael is that Michael does a few fewer <laughs> pop-out-of-nowhere jump scares. And it's more... You see him from far away, he's really fucking creepy, and he's coming to get you. And that knowledge that he's coming to get you is half of the terror. It's not as much as Jason with the smash through the window, grab you by the neck, you know, like, that's not – he does it sometimes, but not as much. Really, it's the unrelenting, unstopping terror that makes Michael Myers Michael Myers.
1: This was – jarring here yeah. and remember I was liking it at this point so yeah. it's a little bit jarring when he runs out but Chris had already told me that thing where like oh somebody said that his kills aren't Michael kills uh-huh. and so I think I was like alright well that's what they're talking about okay
0: I, it it baffles me that people walked away with that out of all the things you could walk away from this movie with mm-hmm. that, that's the thing you I mean I guess maybe but like not my biggest concern <laughs>
1: But so Michael doesn't exactly kill him, but he's a, he's got him, like he's strangling him, and this is when Hawkins shows up, and Hawkins is telling Michael to let him go, but of course Michael's not going to fucking let him go. I can't remember if the cop tells him to take the shot or not, but he does, and he ends up shooting his partner.
0: Right in the neck.
1: And I do kind of love Michael's response of, oh. Well, I'm out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool.
0: The Red Letter Media guys made the point that he didn't have a sharp knife. He didn't have another gun. This isn't the sort of hostage situation where your hostage can be killed in an instant. So really all the cop could have should have done is just walked right up to Michael Myers. <laughs> put the walked body, up to the side of him. And, and put the gun right to his fucking forehead. It's
1: a really good point. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. But that's a very good point. And then when he, when Michael's walking away, he keeps shooting and missing and again. Missing, yep. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? You accidentally shot your partner, but you can't kill the guy walking away from you? Uh Uh-huh. No good. No good. But they ended up catching him after that, which we knew, because that's what we knew from the first Uh Halloween
0: reboot. So get this. Loomis has a gun on Michael, and he is going to shoot him in the head, and all the cops around him are just going to watch. And then... Hawkins comes down we find this out later in the movie he, he admits this to Laurie Hawkins comes down and stops Loomis from killing an unarmed man instead of taking him to prison and then the movie tells you Hawkins was wrong for doing that I saw a look in Loomis's eyes all he wanted was more light more death I couldn't take it And in that moment, all I could think was that inside that monster, there was somebody's baby boy. Purely and
1: simply
0: evil. I could have made all this go away. It's not your fault. It's mine. That's the point the movie wants to make. We should just let cops and civilians kill unarmed people instead of arresting them and taking them to jail. Yeah. What was that about how the mob represents Black Lives Matter? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If if that's the metaphor, it is so incredibly muddled. But we know it's not because this was made before that. Yeah. But still.
1: Jamie Lee, just just leave it alone. (laughs) We love
0: you. We
1: love you. Stop it.
0: Stop it. Stop talking.
1: (laughs) And actually, honey, this is when the pumpkins – this is when they do.
0: Oh, okay. The fiery pumpkins. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: And I wrote down I could do without the choir music. Uh-huh. But the multiple pumpkins and fire is fun. Yeah. Back to 2018. This is when we get to see Tommy and Lonnie as adults and they are in a bar.
0: Yes. So if you remember we saw this doctor nurse combo in the first one briefly. They're back as some semi, uh, okay, we should probably talk about that just a little bit. The quality that this movie has where it feels like it wants to focus a lot of time on kill fodder, on people that are just going to die. Yeah. Like a lot of time.
1: You're supposed to be super excited to have these characters back. And you might be, if you're me, because I really like the, I love the first one. And then you're just going to kill him. Okay. Why was I excited about this?
0: So they're trying to enjoy a talent show night on Halloween night? What? At this bar.
1: I believe that. (laughs) That would be a night that you would do something wacky like
0: that. And there's this group of people that are standing at, you know, one of those uh, plank, you know, standing locations that you might find at a bar where you can set down your beer right next to a table or whatever who are making too much noise. And so they complain and ask them to stop the bartender who feels like they just grabbed some random bartender. He's just, he feels so real and like not an actor uh, tells them, Hey, don't worry about them. They come here every year. They were victims of the murders in 78 and they come here every year from Halloween and just blow off steam. So just don't worry about them. And we realize, oh, okay, this is them. This is Lonnie, Tommy, Lindsay, and Marion, the nurse. And some people are saying, why would Lonnie and Tommy and Lindsay be hanging out with Marion, who's like 20 years older than they are? Yeah, or and even older than that? Someone that they do they do not know. Yeah, had nothing to do with them, but that's not what this is. These aren't just a bunch of friends who happen to be hanging out. This is a support group for people who were victims of Michael Myers' meeting on the night that he killed all those people. So, yeah, that's a compelling reason for them to be together right now. They're not suggesting that these all these people are best friends and they spend every night together. I assume that Lonnie, Tommy, and maybe Lindsay. Are Still friends and still live in town And Marion comes in on Halloween To be with fellow victims That's all there is to it And I think that's really compelling We also hear Lonnie Talk on the phone I think it's Lonnie right And he says hello to Bonnie How's Clyde And it took me a while to register that oh right Cameron is Bonnie mm-hmm. Lonnie is Cameron's dad right yes. Okay right got it <laughs>
1: Which I was I was like, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we see that Lori in the, in the ambulance with her daughter and her granddaughter.
0: An interesting cut here. We get Tommy, who gives a little speech. He goes to the stage in the middle of this talent show and gives a little speech. Oh, let me tell you a story about that night or whatever. And at the end, he says, this is for you, Lori, wherever you are. Cut to Lori bleeding out in the back of the truck as they're driving away from her burning house. I thought that was pretty fun.
1: But yeah, but she's very upset because she sees that the fire department is coming and she's like, no, let it burn, let
0: it burn. Uh That's hilarious. Also really compelling. The idea that a house would set on fire and the fire department wouldn't show up is absurd. So it's not like the transition from four to five where they have to, like, maybe retcon a little bit and retell the ending. No, there's no retconning done here. It would be expected that the fire department would show up and that that's how he gets out. Now, he was maybe a little bit too engulfed in flames at the end of the first one for me to believe that he's just, you know, there there are a few fires along the walls and he's fine in that room until somebody falls down there. Mm Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, this is a compelling way to say he survived.
1: Except that I couldn't believe that he could kill all those firemen.
0: Yeah. They all have
1: axes. Like, it's just absurd.
0: This is where we get, you know, our first taste of, oh, this is a kung fu movie now.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Where somebody falls down into the basement. He kills that person. Somebody tries to... Uh, reach their hand out for their buddy who fell down and Michael grabs it. And then he walks out the fucking front door. I was worried they were going to have him dress up like a firefighter and he gets out that way.
1: I was going to be mad because I was going to be like, "That's that would take forever.
0: <laughs> yes. And I don't think of him as being that thoughtful.
1: Or fast.
0: Yeah. But he just comes out as himself and all these firefighters are like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. They don't know what's going on, really. And then he starts approaching, and the dude with the hose, it feels like just a normal garden hose. Don't those things have more pressure than that? Yeah, they should. He just kind of splashes them in the chest a little bit, and he kills that person. And then they all have axes, so they all come at him. like like It's almost like they're circling around him in a half circle. Yes. And then they take one-by-one one shots at him, and he just takes all of them out.
1: It's really bad.
0: It's very bad. Like, that is not what the what this franchise should be.
1: I also, at one point, he gets like a saw and cuts one in half and the blood splatters up on the camera. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't mind blood splatter, but that's kind of the opposite of what yes. uh, he was going for in right. his original film.
0: Right. In the first movie, there is practically no blood. There's no stab something and blood goes everywhere for sure. But like he scratches Lori's arm and we get some blood there. You know, it is not a gory movie. And then they do this where somebody comes at him with one of these saws that firemen have so they can cut through wood and, sh- and metal and shit like that. And he just grabs it and turns it upside down and then goes right into the dude's face and blood goes everywhere. And it's like, what the? Okay, I see what people are saying when they say these aren't Halloween kills. Mm hmm. And then he just gets away because he kills all the firemen.
1: Then we get this random-ass scene with some neighbors where one of them is playing around with a fucking... What are those things called?
0: Oh, a drone? A
1: drone. And that has nothing to do with anything in the movie. And you're just like, why is this happening?
0: I thought for sure at least there would be a camera on that drone, on this drone. And as they were flying it around the house, they'd be looking at what on like their phone or whatever to see what it sees. And then they turn a corner and it's fucking Michael Myers right there. No, not even that. No. It crashes and then he throws it back at them from another room. (laughs) It's one of those things. Yes. Yes. You know, like a little kid rolls a ball through a doorway, and then the ball bounces back. It's like one of those moments, but with a drone.
1: It's so stupid. But there is one good line. I forget why, but the guy's like shit-talking Lori, and the lady- Oh, because they're like neighbors. And the lady who's playing with the drone is like, don't talk shit about that woman. She will fuck you up. Yeah. I was like, that's a fun line. Uh Uh-huh. But then, Michael is in their kitchen, and he does not grab a knife.
0: No, this is weird. I am I'm fine with this type of kill. I feel like we've seen this before. I feel like this is stolen. Okay, well, you guys can tell us. He he rips out a fluorescent light from above the sink.
1: Oh, right. That's what he does from I couldn't above remember the counter. He,
0: he breaks it and then he shoves it into this woman's neck, and then it like bleeds into the inside of the fluorescent tube. And I thought that that was pretty interesting. I'm totally fine with that kill, but you're right. It doesn't make sense why he wouldn't just grab a fucking knife. There are plenty of them there. We will find out in a pretty interesting moment. I find very compelling. So this family is basically going to die. He stabs this lady and then her husband, uh, he he kills with a knife. And then she is still alive, but incapacitated and just watches Michael Myers, grab each knife off the magnetic strip on the wall and stab it into her husband's back, like testing them out.
1: But the last one he takes, he doesn't test. So that's a,
0: that theory doesn't work. Fair, but the moment itself is very compelling. I suppose. I, I really liked that, where he was just like, well, try this one. Stab. Okay? Let's try this one. Stab. I feel like that would be something that Michael would do. He'd just, he'd be focused on one thing, he'd have a singular thought, and he would be, you know, like, oh, there are plenty of knives, which one should I use? Well, I should probably test them out. And then, you know, not even considering the fact that there's somebody dying out next to him. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a second thought for that person. hmm That's Michael Myers, and I'm totally fine with that. But you're right, if he just grabs that last knife and doesn't, Test it out then what the fuck was the point
1: (laughs) Yeah it was just To terrify the woman To let her know that she was gonna die I think but Before they do die We get a clip of The kid from across the street Who was babysat last year Oh
0: yeah the kid we liked so Much and who we mentioned Earlier his babysitter Sort of sacrifices sort of kind of You know sacrifices herself for him in order to get away and he does and he just gives a short 10 second interview in a clip on television He doesn't television. even make it
1: sound like they were all that close he's just like she was cool
0: She was my oh, she was my favorite babysitter or whatever is what he says about her
1: I guess but it it just didn't feel
0: And that's his that's how much he gets to contribute to this movie. I understand it might feel a little heavy-handed them trying to insert some random kid into what's going on in this scenario but like I almost feel like you shouldn't have included him at all at that <laughs> point. There are enough callbacks and references in this movie to power 10 movies. You don't need more.
1: Who's trying to get into the car, but it's all fogged up? and We can tell that before they even get in.
0: Who is that? Though that's the, the doctor-nurse combo. So the dude, dressed up as a doctor, but who is a nurse, and his wife, dressed up as a nurse, but who is a doctor, are going to their car at the end of the night.
1: We can see that it's all fogged up, just like in the original film yes. when the babysitter gets in the car and she's like, why is there fog in here? Yeah. It's because he's already in there.
0: Except it's not Michael, and I don't think they do a great job of explaining this, making it clear. It's one of the other escaped inmates from the bus crash in the last movie.
1: Okay, yeah, they do not explain where because he came from, right? why he's there, how he got into the car.
0: Right, so it is – they they mentioned that there were two escapees in the news broadcast. Okay. And then we get somebody in the car, and it's almost obvious that he's not wearing a mask. And we kind of – we've seen Michael. We know what he's been doing. But everyone thinks it's Michael, and they keep referring to it as if it is Michael. Michael. And so if your characters are going to be doing that, movie, you need to reinforce to us the audience that it's not. But they don't and they never do. <laughs> I like I knew the whole time that it was, but I was like, why aren't they being more clear that it that it's a different person? It was baffling to me. So they know that there's somebody in the car. They go Back.
1: He blasts Figaro for some reason. And then he crashes. Yeah. And then he crashes the car.
0: And then he disappears.
1: And Yeah, and he gets out and somehow nobody sees him get out. Right. They're all watching this. It's across
0: the fucking street.
1: And nobody sees him get out of the car.
0: So everyone from the bar is doing this, including Tommy, who grabbed old Huckleberry the bat that the bartender kept behind the bar. It was like his grandpappy's grandpappy's bat or something, you know? And... Tommy gets it now. It's Tommy's now. Yeah. (laughs) We never see that bartender again.
1: No. (laughs) This is when we're going to see a bunch of punk kids that you just fucking hate. And you're almost just like, yeah, Michael, go ahead and kill these little fuckers.
0: Oh, the ones. Okay. Okay. Here we are. We're at the Myers house. Remember, the most important thing to Michael Myers is getting to look out his sister's bedroom window So what's going on in the Myers house is going to be really, really important, right? No, it's not important at all. (laughs) We have this gay couple, Big John and Little John, who live in the Myers house now. They get messed with by three little kids who are dressed in the Halloween costumes from Halloween 3, the masks, the witch, the pumpkin, the skull, the skeleton. And they trick them and steal all their candy And the movie thinks it's absolutely hilarious that the bigger guy refers to the little guy as Big John, and the little guy refers to the bigger guy as Little John. And it just, every, you will hear the names, Big John, Little John, Big John, Big John, Big John, where are you? Like, they... They use those names. It's like they're smashing those names into your face with a brick because they just think it's the funniest fucking thing. And then even in the most intense moments in this movie, they're still using Big John and Little John.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, there was no revision of this script. Hey, Big John. Hey, Big John.
0: Christ. Little John. Big John. Big John, come quick. Take it easy, Big John. Big John? Big John? Yes, little John. Little John? Big John? Little John? Big John? Little John? Big John! (laughs) Big John! Oh my God! Just say John! Just say John! If you're Big John and you're referring to Little John, I think we know we're not you're not referring to yourself in the third person. If you just fucking say John or honey, sweetheart, something like that. Do you have any other pet names aside from Big John and Little John? Oh, get it. They're probably referring to their dick sizes. <laughs> They're gay. Like come on, movie. Fuck, man. <laughs>
1: And this is, yeah, this is when the movie just has devolved, and this is when I was like, enough with the speeches already, and there will be so okay. many more.
0: Yes. So, one last thing about Big John, Little John, before we get into that. I wrote, why wasn't this Big John, Little John shit cut? It slows the whole fucking movie down. We did not need to see this much of this couple.
1: And the punks are so obnoxious and irritating. Yeah.
0: But yes, then we get back to the hospital, and there's just all these fucking speeches. This movie is just fucking speech after speech after speech, and they do not fucking stop. So what happens is they fix up Lori. She's going to survive, but she has staples in her stomach. Allison, the granddaughter, and Karen, Judy Greer, the daughter, are there. Cameron shows up with the mob from the bar who are like, we're going to kill Michael. They reconnect, Cameron and Allison. They reconnect.
1: She immediately just forgives him because of what Uh they've been through. Because
0: he says, I'm so sorry, or whatever.
1: Oh, we're going to go kill him. Come with us.
0: Yes. And then so she tries to convince her mom that they need to kill him. And she gets to say, I think it's her, gets to say, Michael Myers has haunted this town for 40 years. Tonight, we hunt him down.
1: Michael Myers has haunted this town for 40 years. Tonight we hunt
0: him down. Okay, Jesus, we fucking get it. I wrote down, yeah, we get it. Jesus, like, that was my note. They just will not fucking shut up about this.
1: Yeah, I was like, either the pacing has slowed way the fuck down, or it's just this has become super boring and Uh dull. I can't tell. Maybe it's both.
0: Karen and Allison get into a fight, and Karen says that Allison needs to stay. She has a talk with her grandma, As she watches her grandma, because remember, everyone's still terrified that Michael is after Lori, right? And the fact that he's not dead is a big deal. Oh, by the way, they're keeping from Lori that he's not dead. Yes. They're hiding that from her. But then Allison is like, here's the knife that I slashed Michael with from your house. I'm gonna wrap it up here in your shirt, put it next to your pillow for whenever you need it. It's so heavy handed. Chekhov's knife. That Oh man, something like you just know that it's going to be important that she has the knife next to her pillow. It's not. Immediately it's thrown into the garbage. It goes from her pillow to the chair and they don't explain how it gets there. And then it goes from the chair into the disposal. And then Lori, when she gets up and decides she needs to do something, magically just knows that it's in there. Even though she was knocked out on drugs the whole time. She just reaches right into the laundry and pulls out the knife. It, it, it This knife goes through so many different places in such a short amount of time. I wonder why it was so important that they focused on this knife is going to be right by your pillow just in case you need it, grandma. And then it's not even fucking there the next scene. Jesus Christ, what were you doing, movie?
1: I don't know. I wasn't. I was, I was so
0: just tuned out, out by, by then. Yeah. Point.
1: I wrote down that um, Anthony Michael Hall's heart is not in this.
0: Yeah, he kind of has one mode the entire movie. Mm -hmm. He's a very static character, except for he realizes, oh, no, are we the monsters the whole time? (gasps) He has that moment a little bit once. Otherwise, he is a completely fucking static character
1: we find out that michael killed the kid who was wearing the skeleton mask and i'm just like don't care yeah so well this done. is when
0: <laughs> this is when he goes after the doctor nurse couple marion and lindsay are all in one car hunting for him and this fucking segment some some nice things mainly garbage all around they find the kids just playing in a park
1: Lindsay finds them, and she tells them to go home, and they're you gotta go home. dicks to her.
0: Yeah, they're total dicks.
1: Until they find out that, oh, there's Michael holding the head of your friend.
0: Yeah, they talk about how some pervert was watching us or whatever, and it's like, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's interesting, sure, that the kids just assume it's some pervert, you know, but no, it's the actual killer, and they find out because, yes, he's holding a bloody skeleton mask.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Lindsay decides to collect a bunch of bricks and put them into a bag. Which is interesting, okay. But it does nothing. She
0: hits him with it. Yeah, in the meantime, he gets on top of the car. Gets
1: the nurse through the glass, just like he should have done 30 years ago whatever it was. the,
0: The hand comes down and smacks against the side window, cracking it, just like they did with the wrench in the first movie. You know, they like taped a wrench and they painted it or whatever skin tone, and then they slapped it against the window to shatter the window. And then on the other side, he ends up yanking her out by the hair from the car. And he does the same thing to the same person here. Unlikely, but a fun callback at least. Again, it's like poetry, sort of they rhyme. Kills her, gets in the car, shoves a knife through the eye of the dude.
1: By the way, the nurse has a line. She tries to shoot Michael. Uh She goes, this is for Dr. Loomis. And then she shoots it. There's no bullets. Yeah. It's almost like the movie was saying enough with the speeches.
0: Right. And then out of nowhere, I don't know where she was. The doctor lady dressed like the nurse comes up with a gun. Oh,
1: my God. And then
0: she fires the gun. Oh, my God. Michael, who's in the front seat, kicks the door. Which hits her hand That has the gun And it turns it around towards her And pulls the trigger and she blows her own head off I'm sorry, what? What are the logistics there?
1: Yeah yeah.
0: And why is this in a Halloween movie? Yeah What the fuck?
1: This is when Lindsay's gonna hit him with the bricks To the face and it will do nothing Yeah I'm just like, well then why was I watching this? Uh
0: huh (sighs) I don't remember what happens here. How does this moment end? L- How does Lindsay survive? Like, she hides, because they find her later, and she's, like, totally fucked up.
1: Or is it Lindsay who tries to take off his mask? I thought it was Judy Greer, but maybe it's Lindsay. I think
0: it's Lindsay, yeah. Okay,
1: He she tries to take off his mask, which upsets him, so he goes to put his mask back on, and that's when she's able to get away. She gets
0: away, and she was hiding under, like, a bridge in the park.
1: Which is funny, because it's not a callback to five?
0: Right, Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Judy Greer thought that she had convinced her daughter to stay in the hospital, but she didn't, and now she realizes that Allison is gone, so they need to find her.
0: Yes, Judy Greer's task is find her daughter. Her husband died in the last movie, her mother was brutally attacked, and now her daughter has gone out to Hunt after the man who did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she just wants to save her daughter. That is compelling motivation. Judy Greer is maybe a little bit annoying in this movie, but at least she's believable.
1: And then she dies.
0: Yes. <laughs> she's probably one of the best characters in the show, and they kill her off. Yep. They kill off Judy Greer. And do you know why they kill her off? What's the motivation behind killing Judy Greer off? We haven't gotten there yet, but to prove Kelsey,
1: that anyone can die in the series. No, <laughs>
0: yes. Totally. Totally, sure. But like the in the canon reason she dies. I don't remember. She's standing in Michael's window. Oh, that's right.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's standing there. Nobody gets to stand in my window.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's the new Michael we have, the reason she's
1: standing there is because she's trying to understand him. Yes.
0: (laughs) It's this quiet moment after they think they've killed him. And she's just like, what's so special about this window? (laughs) I am dead serious when I tell you, if you haven't watched this movie, they really are giving this window (laughs) just so much fucking presence in this movie. Yeah, it's really dumb. So dumb
1: So back to the Myers house The two gay guys realize uh, It's kind of a good line Someone's in our house and it's not a child Yeah It's a good line
0: That's Michael McDonald's line Little John
1: So he ends up killing little John Michael does And big John figures this out And then finds Michael standing up there Staring out his window And instead of being like You know terrified and running away knowing that he killed his his lover, like maybe he would want to kill Michael. He doesn't want to kill him and he doesn't want to run away. No. Instead, he seems fascinated and says, Michael, you've come home.
0: Uh, I think you got him reversed. Big John, the little guy, dies. And Little John, the big guy, the tall one, is the one who says this to him, right? Oh, no. I thought it was the opposite. Oh, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: But it's just like, like I said, he is not Terrified and running away. He's not mad and trying to kill him. Yeah. He's like, you've come home. And then Michael kills him. And he just stands there and yells, no!
0: Yeah. What is this? Yeah, I don't... Mm.
1: What the fuck is this?
0: Okay, here's where we get... <sighs> Jesus. Christ. Hawkins is the new Loomis. <laughs> yes, he is. He very much is. They need a new Loomis. And I gotta say, Will Patton's voice is kind of a perfect replacement for Donald Pleasance. It's not the same voice, but he does have this sort of smoky, raspy voice. That's why he reads audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> he has a great voice for this. Uh, but yes, he is kind of the new Loomis. Oh, I found out he really is evil, you know? There
1: ain't nothing inside that man but pure evil.
0: Uh-huh. He's a six-year-old boy with the strengths of a man and the mind of an animal. But well, now I know there's nothing inside that man but pure evil. Have we told you that Michael is evil yet? Have we mentioned that? Oh, only 700 times? Okay, yeah. just, just a thousand more to go.
1: Yeah, like, I when I, you know, when I do the telltale heart and kids have to write an essay, I'm like, okay, let's think of another word from evil. Yeah. <laughs> just keep saying evil over and over and over again. Let's think of another word. I literally teach this to my eighth graders, my ninth graders, my tenth graders. What English teacher fucked you up and never bothered to tell you to look for repeated phrases?
0: yeah, so we're in this hospital. Tommy's here, and he's getting everyone riled up. The sheriff with the cowboy hat from the first movie who had such a weird minor role in the last one. yeah, I was, was like, also is that weird and to be minor the new man in, this in black,
1: one. but no, no.
0: You know, he just kind of has a, he's in like two scenes. He kind of does nothing. That also happens here. All the cops are trying to calm everyone down, but everyone's like, no, mob justice, mob justice. And we get to see how Michael affected this town.
1: This is taking a lot from two.
0: Oh, because of the hospital?
1: Isn't two where the group of people round up? No. That
0: was four. Oh, that's four? That's four. Where the mob's like, no, we're gonna kill him! They leave a bar, and they, they get into a truck with kid, guns right? and stuff like that, they end up killing a kid. Yeah. yeah. And this movie does the same fucking thing again. Again, it's like
1: poetry, so that they rhyme.
0: I guess number four isn't as bad as you think it is and doesn't need to be retcon. but whatever. <laughs> but we get to see how Michael Myers affected this town. How he made more trauma than just for the dead. Right? That was sort of the last movie's theme. That... The living also experienced this great trauma and it affects them for the rest of their lives. It makes sense that this is the story where the whole town fights back against Michael like New Yorkers against a Spider-Man villain. You mess with me! Spider- you mess with New York! You mess with one of us! You mess with all of us! But yeah, remember when they did this already in part four? Like, this is the same. And it feels like that's all they did when they like outlined these three movies. I was talking to you about this. that. They wrote the first one, and then they had an idea for what a trilogy would be, and they're like, well, the second one is where we see how the trauma affected the entire town, and then everyone rises up and attacks Michael, and that's all they thought. That's as far as they thought. And then, when the first movie did really well, and they're like, well, I guess we gotta make this second movie, and they just focused on that and only that, and they made it in isolation of everything else, and then they don't realize how it fucks with... Every other entry in the franchise, and even, even in particular, just the last movie that they made. Mm-hmm. It sort of retroactively makes the last movie worse. Do you remember when no one fucking believed Lori that Michael was a threat? Yeah, nobody cared. That nobody cared that she was traumatized? And now, in this one, fucking everyone does. Well, you have to and remember Tommy exists, that he, And Lonnie exists, and did, Lindsay exists. How
1: many people has he killed in this night from the first one?
0: Like three people, I think is what they said.
1: So three people have already died.
0: Or is that what happened in the first one? How many people did he kill? I don't know. That's
1: what I'm asking. Oh, the
0: first one was like three kids or whatever. That's what the kid says in the first one. Like, you know what? It was three people 40 years ago. I mean, Halloween
1: the reboot that came out in 2018. How many people did he kill in that one? I don't know. Because remember, that's just happened this evening.
0: Yeah, So it's not
1: really that they're upset about what he did in the past, although it is- Lonnie and Tommy leading the group. They're more upset about what he's done tonight.
0: Right. That's fine. But we have Lonnie and Tommy and Lindsay and Marion and like all on Halloween night and they all love Lori. Why the fuck weren't they in the last movie? Why the fuck did the last movie say nobody believed Laurie? She was an island of one and trauma had isolated her. And it's like they completely revert on that and they completely go back on that in this movie. And they undermine the point of the movie we actually liked. Yes. You are 100% correct. Fuck this movie. Mm -hmm.
1: But so... Like we said, they're not even going after Michael at this point. They're going after the other mental patient who escaped. Oh, my
0: God. And it goes on
1: for way too long.
0: forever. And
1: Judy Greer has to do this whole, like, she has to save him. And it's really fucking dumb.
0: Oh, did we mention? We should probably mention before we proceed any further. Lee Brackett has come back. Sheriff Lee Brackett, played by Charles Cyphers. He is now, like, a security guard in this hospital. Just so happens to be a security guard here. In this hospital, you need to know that because he has the fucking worst line you have ever heard in a movie ever. Just wait for it. It's coming up soon.
1: But Judy Rear is not successful in saving him and he ends up killing himself.
0: The mental patient. Yes. Mm -hmm. He falls out of a window and lands in the middle of this giant crowd who's just milling about outside with no direction uh, he falls in the middle of them. There's no direction for any of this mob, by the way. They're heading up the stairs. They're heading down the stairs. How many people are in this fucking hospital? Like, it's insane. But then at the end, you can see Tommy looking across the hall that this mental patient is trapped in at Karen at the other end. And she's shouting at him like, it's not him. But only he can only read her lips. And he looks back at her. He's like, it's not him? She's like, no, it's not. And he's like, oh, fuck. But it's too late. All of the mob has gone too crazy. And this poor patient is like panicking and throws himself out of this window. And then so at the bottom, they're looking at this very gory scene, this splatter scene, and he's still kind of twitching and shit. Bracket gets down there and says something to the effect of. He's making us into monsters.
1: Yeah, he's turning us into monsters. He's
0: turning us into monsters. Now he's turning us into monsters. Terrible line read. (laughs) Why wouldn't it be, he's turning us into the monsters? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's turning us into monsters. Yeah, no, we understand the concept of monsters. Michael's the monster. The concept of monster has already been established. You don't put emphasis on the term monster. The important thing is that you people are turning into monsters. You put emphasis on us, uh, but don't worry. That wasn't the line I was thinking of. He has an even worse line later.
1: It's around here that somebody tells Laurie it's not about you, and I was like, oh my god.
0: It's not about seriously? you, Laurie. It's about the window.
1: Fucking seriously, we're gonna we're gonna take away. We're gonna take away Laurie Strode. Yes, you want to retcon Laurie? Like I just, she's the scream queen. She is. The yeah. one that we all fell in love with. She's, she is the reason slashers fucking went on to become what they are now. And
0: and, and, and we're
1: just going to say, you don't matter anymore, She's Laurie. what the
0: 2018 version was all about, and she literally does not matter. Do you want to know how inconsequential she is? She goes from the house at the end of the first movie. She gets driven to the hospital. They operate on her. She sits in the hospital room. She talks to Will Patton for a while when he gets brought in as well. And then the movie ends. She never once interacts with Michael, let alone does anything of consequence in the entire movie. You could have written her character out completely. She could have died at the end of the last movie and it wouldn't have changed this movie one fucking iota except we would have had a few fewer speeches. That is it. What the fuck did you do to Lori? I'm fine if you ride her out. but to just sideline her for the whole fucking movie and then act like she's really fucking important is so ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean she's what a lo- she's in a lot of the trailer for this movie. Yeah she's not in a lot of the movie.
0: <laughs> it's not about her. It's more about Karen than it's about her.
1: Right and it's like but the trailer made it seem like it was about her because guess what? that's what the fans want. So why uh-huh. the fuck are you changing it?
0: It's also not really even about Allison anymore, you know. Like Karen was kind of a minor character, causing conflict between Laurie and Allison in the in the last one. Now it's like let's elevate Karen, let's sideline so Laurie, kill her, yeah. Let's sideline Laurie, and then let's have Allison do practically nothing. Mm-hmm. She just kind of wanders around for a bit.
1: Yeah, Allison, by the way, is currently with her boyfriend, and they are with his dad. Lonnie and Lonnie goes into the Myers house to go after Michael and ends up shooting a pumpkin in the closet.
0: Why is a pumpkin? I mentioned, I think it's a pantry, and that's why there's a pumpkin just stored on the top shelf at head height in a pantry, maybe, but it's ridiculous. But so
1: this can't be the Myers house. So why is Michael here?
0: Big John and Little John live there. But yeah, so they show up. So it's Lonnie, Cameron, and Allison show up at this house.
1: And the dad goes in, Lonnie, and he tells them to stay in the car. And then they hear a gunshot, but the dad does not come back out. So they go inside. And even though they both have guns, and even though he just saw his dad dead on the floor.
0: Oh, no, it's not on the floor. He shoved up into the attic door. Whatever.
1: Whatever. When he sees Michael coming towards him, he does not shoot.
0: He doesn't shoot until Michael is one foot away from him. And so he's shooting. His his hand and the gun are already past Michael by the time he fires the first shot.
1: It is incredibly just, what?
0: So he gets attacked and he gets brutalized. You know, he gets shoved through the posts of the stairway, right? And then he gets his neck gets snap, 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 and he's still alive. And then this is the scene where the music feels so improper. <laughs> It's like they tried to do a different version of the normal theme. And I think it is part of the new theme, which does sound really good. It's just this part in this moment is inexplicable to me. But Allison just has to watch as he kills her boyfriend and snaps his neck.
1: Yeah, because he threw her down the stairs and she broke her leg, which is why she can't move. But does she not have her gun anymore?
0: Oh, I wrote, worthless, she can't shoot. Oh, yeah, that's right. She falls down and she gets a knife, though. The knife that he had is down at the bottom. I think she has that. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Whatever. But yeah, she just watches him kill her boyfriend.
0: Oh, I'm missing a note here I, I <laughs> about the other patient that they think is Michael Myers, but he's unmasked. They're like, how do we know what he looks like? We never saw him without a mask. I wrote, he's like for nothing. How are you going to mistake him for Michael Myers, who is like six and a half feet tall? I mean, I know he's not really, but I think like the shortest one was like six foot. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to mistake this guy? Anyway, I just had to get that out there. So what happens next?
1: Well, right before he's going to kill Allison, Judy Greer shows up with a pitchfork.
0: Right. And stabs him in the back with a pitchfork, which was on the porch because they had puppets like American Gothic, mm-hmm. but Halloween themed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so she grabs that off of Big John and Little John's porch and stabs him in the back with it. And then she kicks him. I wrote down, don't stop, keep kicking. He's fallen against the steps and she's like shoving her foot into his head against the steps. She does it like twice and then stops. Don't stop, keep kicking. Mm-hmm. So she thinks she's taking care of him, but she hasn't. And he gets back up. Meanwhile, Patton is telling his story. Will Patton Hawkins is telling his story about how he killed his partner. The other cop was like, hey, let's cover up your police malpractice and (laughs) say that he killed himself or whatever. Give me your gun. It's like, you know, it's good. These are people taking care of each other. This young man is very traumatized. I get from a character perspective, I really like this scene. But in today's modern age, oh, a cop killed somebody. Let's cover it up. Anyway.
1: Accidentally killed another cop when trying to kill a perpetrator is yes. a little bit different. You're
0: Sure. But then the mob finds him and the mob is going to harass. It's one of those moments You know, where, oh, no, the killer suddenly finds themselves powerless against a mob that decided to do something about it. You know, and then Lee (laughs) Brackett has this line. He steps right up to Michael with a gun and says, hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. What the fuck? are you talking about?
1: Yeah, no, it's really bad.
0: If you don't know, this is a callback to the first movie, the original 78. After Lori and her friend, uh, Lori sees Michael behind the hedge, and then the friend goes up and looks, and there's no one there. And then she goes home, and Lori's still like, I could have sworn I saw him. She's looking behind her, and then she turns around and runs into somebody, and you're like, oh, no, it's Michael. No, it's Sheriff Brackett. And she freaks out. (laughs) Excuse me, Lori. Oh, Mr. Brackett, I'm sorry, Mr. Brackett. Oh, I didn't mean to startle you. That's all right. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? That's what that's a callback to. Has nothing to do with Michael Myers. It is an innocent remark that there's no fucking way he would even remember he said. But because we have to do fan service. Again, it's like
1: poetry, so that they rhyme.
0: It's this really intense moment, and it's this moment where you know the movie wants the audience to go, Oh, snap! Get him, bracket! Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Got Fucking you told him! Oh! You know that meme where the dude pulls his hands down his face because it was such a killer burn? <laughs> Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Oh! Like, what the fuck? What? Who wrote this? Oh, we know who wrote this. You should never write another movie again.
1: It was really bad.
0: I'm sorry. Danny McBride. David Gordon Green. Scott Teams, who did, like, fucking nothing before this. Stop writing movies. <laughs> <laughs> This is not well, yeah, this one is not well written, but it's also not well
1: acted either. Yeah. I bet they heard it very differently in their minds when they wrote it from how he said the line.
0: There are a few weird lines. Uh, Hawkins says something to the effect of, he's a six-year-old boy with the body of, the, of a man and the mind of an animal, which I thought was compelling. Uh, Lonnie says, he creeps, he kills, he goes home. So that's supposed to be the new MO. It's not. He's, a, he's not after Laurie. He just wants to go home. He creeps, he kills, he goes home. Just, I guess now...
1: Gotta get back to that window.
0: Yeah, but that's now gonna be Michael's M.O. And we're gonna just retcon everything. And that's now his new M.O. Because we observed, he needs to stay someplace where nobody knows where he is. And it's his childhood home. Why wouldn't he go back there? But now that needs to be the motivation for everything.
1: Well, I mean, it comes from the the original tagline. The night he came home. Yeah.
0: A few notes we missed here. I wrote, oh good, the mob has a slogan. They're going to keep shouting, evil dies tonight, Mm -hmm. evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight. I wrote down, yeah, where's everyone coming from? Where are they going to? The mob was only so many people. Uh, And I wrote down during the scene, God, the soundtrack is pretty killer, though. (laughs) And then later on, not a fan of this theme remix when Michael comes down the stairs, (laughs) like almost immediately afterwards. (laughs) Sorry, I love this soundtrack. It's the one shining jewel that comes out of this movie, so... A little bit bummed that there's this so such such a glaring poor choice that goes on there. So anyway, Lee says that, and they beat him up. And again, I write, don't stop, never stopping, Mm -hmm. (laughs) keep kicking him, keep shooting him, turn him into fucking paste at this point. Mm -hmm. But he's still up. Karen comes by and stabs him one last time in like the spine evidently killing him and he's just laying there on the street dead and nobody checks on him they all just kind of okay i guess he's dead now so then at the exact moment that Lori gives her speech about how he's driven by murder
1: the more he kills the more he transcends into something that can't be killed the true curse is the fear he instills that's
0: the true curse of michael I wrote, it's like this script's never heard of subtlety or subtext. (sighs) Just say the thing out loud. And repeatedly and over and over again, just hit your audience over the head with it. Uh (sighs) Uh-huh. So this is where I wrote, so this movie made him literally magic again. He is powered by stabbings. Cool. Awesome. Great.
1: Yeah, after Judy Curse does her one final stab, they're all just like, okay. And then he just gets up and kills all of them. And you're just like, what?
0: We get another kung fu scene where he's surrounded by people and it's just slash, 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 slash. Like, is this this a blade in the vampire club? Is that what this is now? Is that what Halloween has become? (laughs) I was like, did they seriously just kill Tommy
1: Doyle? Oh my God, did they just kill Lori's daughter?
0: (laughs) Yes. So they do kill Tommy. And what did I tell you? He says, before he even grabs the bat, he makes the remark that. If he goes down, he's going to go down swinging. Don't you worry or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. I know what's going to happen. He's going to get that bat. And then by the end of the movie, he's going to be swinging that bat. And that's how he's going to die. And sure enough, each of those things happened. That's how unsubtle this movie is.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: He kills Karen. Because again, everyone thinks everything's fine. He kills the entire mob and she doesn't know. He goes back home. She's looking out the window. He's like, hey, that's my window. And he comes up to her and he has the knife. And we basically get a recreated version of the shower scene from Psycho. Knife goes down. It gets close to her body. It cuts away before the stabbing. She's curling up with her hands up in front of her. Just like Jamie Lee Curtis's mom, Janet Lee in Psycho. The whole reason she was cast in the movie to begin with. Mm -hmm. We got to have another callback to Psycho.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he kills her that. And then we even get the same basic shot of her dead on the floor with the close-up on her face that we get of Janet Lee when she dies in Psycho. They're just going to recreate that moment. That's basically the end of the movie. Yeah. That's how the movie ends. Yeah. Laurie is still fucking in the hospital, did nothing. <laughs> well, there's a moment where they talked about how they kissed...
1: But Allison's alive, right?
0: Allison's still alive.
1: Where is she right now? No idea. Okay. Right. Because we know Judy Greer is all calm because she thinks that he's dead. She doesn't know that he came back to life and killed all those people. Yeah. Where is the granddaughter right now? Where is Allison? The last time we saw her, her mom had saved her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she had had broken her leg, so maybe she went to the hospital.
1: Yeah, and then Judy Greer's just like, fuck it, I don't have to go to the hospital. Yeah. mom and my daughter are there, but you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go check out this window.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my God. I wrote, I'm glad they didn't film this and Halloween ends back to back like they were originally planning. Maybe now they can take some of the criticism to heart and swerve before they finish making ends. Because if it continues down this path, I they would have lost so much fucking goodwill. <laughs> they had it in the bag after 2018, and this is what they do with it.
1: Yeah, it's not good.
0: What do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: I think I know. Mm-hmm. Is it 37?
0: It's 39. 39. Halloween Kills should satisfy fans in search of brutal slasher thrills. Brute slasher thrills? What are you even talking about? But in terms of advancing the franchise, it's a bit less than the sum of its bloody parts. What does that even mean? That's a bad consensus. (laughs) And it doesn't satisfy fans in search of brute slasher thrills. Because it's not. It's not what we came to Halloween for. Yeah. And we're two movies into a reboot. We should not be now changing things up. <laughs> if you wanted to reboot it like this, like Rob Zombie did, he did his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I begrudge him less than I do these guys <laughs> for making this movie. These are the ones that made the one I liked. That should tell you how much the substance of this movie is really, really bad. Yes. It has a Metacritic average of 42. And a cinema score of a B minus.
1: No, no, fuck that.
0: Fuck that. Fuck that. So do you think this movie is overrated or underrated?
1: At 39? Yeah. Maybe just overrated?
0: The remake, the Rob Zombie remake, had a 26. You gave it a 25. I didn't rate it. Why? I don't know. We just never got to it. I forgot to give it a rating. Remake (laughs) 2... Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie had a 20. You gave it a 30, and I gave it a 30. We actually liked it a little bit better than the first one. The refresh, the David Gordon Green 2018 refresh, had a 79. You gave it an 80. I gave it an 87. For both of us, the highest score since the first movie, which we both gave a 90. What would you give Halloween Kills?
1: I was thinking lower than 39, but then I remembered the beginning, and I do like the beginning. It's a solid beginning.
0: I like the beginning. I like the music.
1: So maybe I'll give it a 40. I wouldn't go that high. I was thinking 35, but then I was like, I do like that beginning a lot.
0: I think that's the only reason I could give it a 35. If it wasn't for those things that I like, I would give this movie a fucking zero. It makes me that incensed.
1: Yeah, maybe I should go with 35.
0: I don't want to talk you down. I want you to give it the rating that you think it should get.
1: No, I think 35 is good. That's what I was going to give it originally.
0: Looking at what I gave the other movies, two, I gave a 25. You gave a 25 as well. Something that Jay says in the half in the bag is that the other movies in the franchise may not be that good, but I would rather watch them than this. Halloween and other movies, kind of similar to it, are a one movie thing that only works once <laughs> because there is no meat to it. There's yeah. no, unless you go into schlock territory. See, that's, that's Wh- kind which of. Which is why some of the sequels, as bad as they are, are more entertaining to watch than this movie. This movie's oh, just kind yeah. of like miserable. I think that's dead on. I'll give it a 25, and it only gets that because of the music, because of the beginning, because of the goodwill, the residual leftover good feelings I had going into this movie, but it just squanders all of that. It makes me so mad. Oh, what a shitty <laughs> week. Halloween movies, and they're only going to go downhill from here. I didn't mind five. No, but that's how much Kills is just dragging me down. Mm -hmm. So, Jill, if you're listening, (laughs) you were so right. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't know what you had said before we watched the movie, but Kelsey told me immediately afterwards. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's real bad. It's real bad. That is our Halloween week. We hope you all have a lovely, lovely Halloween, whatever it is that you're doing.:
1: Yes, happy Halloween.:
0: I think we're going to watch Ghostbusters in the theater. and it'll be the first time we've been to the theater in some time
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: So we hope you guys all have fun. Uh, lovely Halloween, and we hope you're doing great. Uh, and we will see you after uh, the month is over with with what, Kelsey?
1: Next week is a Evil Doll Week.
0: Doing it again. Kelsey's putting herself through hell.
1: Yes, I am. Watching Child's Play 3 and Annabelle Creation, which everybody said. Everybody. It's the good one. All the fans.
0: It's the good one. It's the good one. one. Here's the
1: thing. It's what everybody said. Here's the
0: thing. (laughs) Ouija Origin of Evil, also the good one.
1: Also the good one.
0: I mean, we haven't watched the Ouija movies yet. But I will say the only thing, the thing I disliked the most about Ouija Origin of Evil was because it was a prequel to the first Ouija movie, they were forced to end their movie in a particular way. And that ending sucked. But the rest of the movie is good. So a (laughs) prequel movie in an otherwise bad franchise that people say is good, I believe it. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. We'll see.
1: Because Annabelle
0: was terrible.
1: Terrible. I will never forgive it for the sewing machine. I just (laughs) won't. It will never leave my memory.
0: It's a haunted sewing machine. Oh, my God. This couple is attacked by a a haunted sewing machine. You're not even trying anymore, are you? Are you scared?
1: Anybody who (laughs) says that Annabelle is good... I judge you.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Light judgment. Light judgment. I'm sure you're a lovely human being. But you like bad movies. Anyway, that is next week. Until then, you can find us on our website, podcemetery.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at PodCemetery. Subscribe to us in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review us. A five-star written review is the biggest help you can give us there, so please take a moment to do that. Even bigger than that is sharing us with your friends, but even bigger than that is listening in the GD first place. Thank you all very, very much. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris.
1: I've been Kelsey.
0: And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words?
1: One day, Michael, this rage which drives you you think if you kill them all, it will go away. It won't. You have to fight it in the place where it's strongest. Where it all began. If you want to get rid of this rage, Michael, go home! Go home! Go to your house. I shall be waiting there for you. I don't want
0: to be In a cemetery I don't want to live my life To the sacred place, this ain't a dream, I can't escape. Some fangs to the up bones. among the two stars. Look at this, look at that. I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my heart, I knew that hell would not have him.
1: But then I wrote, Tells him to shush,
0: you fucking idiot. I don't fucking know what that's about. You need to make your notes better. <laughs> Are you too good for your home?